What's up, guys? This is Andy from the Football Card Quest, and you're watching the Sports Card Strategy Show on the NoOffSeason.com Sports Card Network. Be sure to check out FootballCardQuest.com for in-depth football card research and selling tips, because we all know there is no off-season. What's going on, everybody? Paul Hickey here with NoOffSeason.com. You are consuming the Sports Card Strategy Show brought to you by Graybo's Sports Cards. Graybo's Sports Cards is a local hobby shop owned by Gray Burnett, Ryan Fitz, and Duke Denny one-time Dodson and is located in the Arts District in Richmond, Virginia. Graybo sports the best selection of raw and graded singles in the mid-Atlantic and a wide variety of wax. Graybo's breaks on whatnot and or drip five nights a week. Listeners of Sports Card Strategy can receive a 10% discount from Graybo's on drip, whatnot, or their website at graybos.co by entering the code STRATEGY2023. You can follow all of Graybo's news and updates on Instagram at Graybo's underscore card. Don't forget to go premium at nooffseason.com. Get your free 30-day trial today to help you build your sports card investment portfolio. We have just launched Sports Card School at nooffseason.com. Check it out at sportscardschool.com. All of the data we use on the Sports Card Strategy Show is from Market Movers. Get a free 14-day trial followed by 20% off for life by using the promo code NOOFFSEASON at marketmoversapp.com today. And now, it's time for the strategy that you've all been waiting for. Here are your hosts, Paul Hickey, Kendall, the Lefty McKee, and Dr. Crack, Chad Gill. Take it away, guys. What's going on, everybody? I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. I got my guys here, Connor Barnett, Lefty McKee, Dr. Crack, Chad Gill. We're trying to give Connor a nickname. Janelle Shu wants him to have a nickname, and uh, I think Barry Sif does too. So I, I, I know his nickname, I think, from high school. So I don't know if, if that should be it or not, but we'll throw it out there. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you not familiar with us, uh, we are the Sports Card Strategy Show. Our goal, our primary mission in life is to help you make money flipping sports cards. And of course, along the way, we know that there are other aspects of the hobby. So we try to explain why making money flipping sports cards is important, regardless of what your personal mission is in the hobby. We're going to get into a little bit of that today, but we've had some great shows recently. I've been more of a listener than a participant over the last few weeks, and it's it's actually been fun to hear hear the guys uh, on the show without me do their thing, and they're doing a great job. But I'm happy to be back. Uh, Lefty, how you doing, man? Good good to see you, brother. Dude, I am good. I, I w- just want to point out something. You have no facial hair. Connor has a mustache. I got a little chin thing, and then Chad brings it all together. Yeah, Chad's looking looking slick with his uh, like nicely trimmed goatee today. And Connor had a full beard last week and has trimmed it down to the uh, Paul Skeens mustache in honor of uh, Bowman Draft coming out in about a month. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I'm here for the people. That's awesome. Well, uh, 
Connor and Lefty sound good. Our fingers are crossed for how Dr. Crack is going to sound because when we were backstage a minute ago, he had a massive echo. But Chad, let's let's cross our fingers. Why don't you tell us how you're doing, man? I'm doing great. Uh, is the echo gone? Dr. Echo is in the house. Dr. I believe the, I don't hear the echo anymore. I turned off one of my microphones. I got a new camera and the new camera has a microphone in it, which I've never had before. So I think that it was picking up both. So turned it off and I think I'm good to go. All right. Well, this is a perfect opportunity to go into live chat, love, because everyone in the live chat can tell us how, how Chad sounds to them. He sounds okay to me. Um, Lefty and Connor are kind of cringing though. So, um, we're going to go around. I'm going to say hello to everybody since I haven't been here in a while. Luke Menkel in the house. Rusty Emigart. Good to see you guys. Oh, my shoes is all throughout the nooffseason.com sports card network, commenting on the football card quest and everywhere else, which is awesome. Janelle Shoe, known as Cousin Shoe, Craig's Cards 11. Sean G. LHT Reptiles. I love when I see new names in the live chat. Um, Southern soccer idiot in the house. Um, stream elements. Uh, that is maybe someone who knows Lefty from his Twitch channel, which we're now connected to. Ron Blankenship, Shane Graham, Adrian Charlie, Cleo Cards, Barry Sif, Greeny Green is like one of the OGs. Jeff Ulrich in the house. Good to see you. And uh, the Mickey Shuffle. I think I heard this name in maybe one of the Wednesday deep dives, which are absolutely outstanding, by the way. Evan Bell in the house and um, a couple of people from Facebook. So good work. We can't see who you are on the, in the live chat um, from the Facebook group, but we might be able to swap over there into the Facebook group to see who you are. So thanks again. How does every, Can someone in the live chat tell us how Chad sounds? Chad, why don't you talk to the people in the live chat a little bit? Yeah, uh, I think I got it straightened out. Um, Rusty says I need an electrician. I need a plumber, actually. <laughs> yeah, the the light went off one time. T tell the people real quick why you need a plumber. We're feeling we're feeling bad for you this morning. I've got a well. To me, it's a brand new house I I built ten years ago. And last night, I'm sitting in the living room watching football, and all of a sudden, it sounds like somebody turned a hose on. And I'm thinking, what in the world is that? And we're trying to figure it out. And I'm walking into my bathroom, and the lever for my for my bathtub somehow exploded off of the tub, and it's just a shower of water getting up to the ceiling and on the walls and the floor, and it's like a bad cartoon. And I quickly cover it up with a towel and I'm screaming and hollering, which is why I kind of why I lost my voice. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, turn off the water. And finally my wife was able to get on and shut off the master switch. And I spent all last night uh, doing some basic plumbing in order to get the rest of the house uh, allowed to have water and just uh, blocked off my bathroom. But uh, I, I basic plumbing skills, not enough to fix this. So I got to call a plumber today and I kind of almost lost my voice from screaming and I got a, I got just a mess water everywhere. Subfloor. It's, it's a mess. Fly heat cards in the house, David Sander in the house and Jeff Ulrich. Thank you for telling us that Chad sounds good. So that's great. So lefty and Connor can ignore how Chad sounds. I think he sounds great as well. So I think we're good to go. Um, for those of you who don't know Chad very well, he joined the show earlier this year with lefty and I, so the show was lefty and I for a couple of years and then Chad joined. And I got to say like, we, 
when Chad gets the opportunity to have more airtime, it is outstanding because I heard him on Hoops and Cards with uh, Gary. Um, and Gary did a two-part interview with Chad. And the way Chad broke down basketball cards for this season is amazing. I highly recommend you go check out Hoops and Cards, part of the NoOffSeason.com Sports Card Network. Look for the part one and part two with Chad Gill interviews. And it like I'm, I was taking notes. I mean, I was like, I knew I knew Chad had all this in him, of course, because he's been on fire in the sports card strategy show for the last several months with Lefty and I. But man, and then the other thing too is Connor and Lefty are killing it with their Wednesday deep dives. And then Chad did his first Wednesday deep dive on Wednesday, and I was just blown away. So I think. We are all killing it here at the NoOffSeason.com Sports Card Network. Props to all of you guys. And uh, and so Chad's story about his pipes are, are actually probably a better segue back in, into the L's of the week, right? Because that just sounds like a, a ridiculous L that I wouldn't be able to handle as a human being. I, I probably would have like taken a run and never come back to my house like for another week. Um, so anyway, Chad... Uh, Definitely kudos to you for sticking in there and, and trying to help help around the house with that. That's crazy. We heard, we were texting you, we heard that none of your cards got damaged. I think that's probably what the audience is wondering, right? Like, are your cards okay? Yeah, it's it happened. My bat, my bathroom is right above the storage room downstairs where I have probably a half million cards, but they're all in uh, sealed plastic bins. So the bins, the one bin had, the one bin on the bottom was floating because there was a couple inches of water in that room, but uh, all the cards are safe and secure. So that was, I guess that's a W and a major L. Yeah, I guess it's the silver lining, even though we know you had some some damage to your home. So we're all wishing you the best. Um, but yeah, Chad's got like over a million cards. Glad to know that none of them are damaged. And um, Barry Sif and Sean G. LHT reptiles are uh, dropping props to the deep dives and the art articles on nooffseason.com. Go check them out. All right. I've got a kind of relatively long L of the week, which I think is going to be, it's more uh, discussion based. And I think they're good. They're good um, things for the audience to know because I'm in like year three of selling on eBay and we've had a lot of people email us and submit questions as a premium subscriber through nooffseason.com slash ask. And then of course we've launched sports card school at nooffseason.com where you can get classes on how to uh, essentially re-enter the hobby, what you need to learn and then become an advanced flipper um, and then become a high roller or navigate as a high roller. If that's, if that's a goal of yours. And so we're dropping those lessons and a lot of them have to do with how to navigate eBay because eBay is the market even though there are a lot of other marketplaces, there are a lot of other places to snipe cards, but ultimately eBay is, is the most efficient place to flip cards. And so that's why we talk about it more, more so than other marketplaces, but we are diving into other, other places at sports card school and on the sports card strategy show. But I've got a couple, a couple things that um, are best to fall under the L of the week category. Although I think they're kind of like interesting discussions. Um, the first one is I'm also going to talk about it in my W of the week, which is kind of this concept that you can sell a card too early. Right? So in a nutshell, Chad and I have had some diff we've, we've, it's not that we have different philosophies. It's that like we've, I think we've been executing slightly different strategies 
Chad's using NBA as an example, Chad's kind of holding on to guys like Tyrese Maxey um, and, and, you know, other, other super flyers. Maxey's more of a, you know, borderline safe, one of the safer plays right now. But anyway, he's holding on to them for more performance-based markers. I've liquidated and gotten out of it. And I think that when the audience makes a, when the audience takes our advice, it can be an L based on perspective, right? If you're if you're taking my advice, wanting to get the maximum profit out of a card, that could be an L for you. If you're taking, but it also could be a win depending on if the player gets injured or if the player doesn't have a performance spike that that's expected. So what I'm trying to do is, and I and I said I said to Chad in last week's show that making blanket statements is an L, but I think. I think that I've been guilty of that probably in the past because I had an email from someone who who basically was 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 upset with me because had he held on to a particular card a little bit longer he could have made a little bit more money and my and I think I think I've been consistent in saying I know that but I'm telling you to mitigate the risk and get out of the card when you might have a 20 30 40 50% profit maybe even maybe even tripling your money on a card right but you know basically my response i'm not gonna like get into what this guy said to me in the email luckily it was probably one of the one of the only negative emails i've had in a long time um but basically my response was it's always going to be easy to say that you could have made more money right and if you want to criticize us for that that's fair but the reality is the advice we're giving is helping people slowly build up a bankroll make more profit than not take the profit do what they want with it stay in the sports card hobby rather than make mistakes lose money and bounce and so that is kind of the essence of why i just come out and say every show and on the website at nooffseason.com we're here to make you make we're here to help you make money flipping sports cards because i don't want you to make the same mistakes that i've made in the past and then want to bounce i want you to stay in the game and then do what makes you the most happy within the game of the hobby. Um, Chad's a good example of that in that he has a bankroll, but he also PCs. Lefty's also a good example of that because he does more of what I do. Um, so that's, I think, like just a, a potential L that I wanted to address. Another L is like a, a personal experience I've had as a seller on eBay recently. And this is actually really relevant because Chad does a really good job talking about a strategy being looking for eBay sellers that only sell raw cards. Because if you're going to buy a raw card from an eBay seller that sells mostly graded cards, there could be something wrong with the raw card that you might be bidding on or making an offer on, right? So <clears throat> this is kind of funny because I feel like in the circumstance that I'm about to ask you guys about, I want your opinion on this potential L for me. I think I am the seller that is selling a raw card that mostly sells graded cards. And what you're going to find here is that I'm the guy that Chad's saying to avoid buying raw cards from. So here it goes. I, I sold an Anthony Edwards raw contenders optic rookie ticket auto in September when he, his prices were on the rise during the FIBA, uh, the FIBA tournament. And so I sold it for almost $1,000. I had bought it for around 700 So it was a bit of a win. I mean, minus all the eBay fees and stuff, I didn't make that much money on it, but it was a bit of a win. I, I did sell it raw. I did do what Lefty 
typically advises, which is now lefty, I'm paraphrasing. So correct me if I'm wrong here, but typically what I've heard lefty say is if there's a, if there's a bit of a flaw in the card, as long as you have really good photos showing the flaw, then you don't necessarily have to in the title or the description point out the exact flaws. Like, I mean, I know some people do, I didn't. So just full transparency, I didn't, but I posted good photos of the card. This, the buyer came back to me last week. Now, so this is three months after the buyer received the card. The buyer came back to me last week, super nice, super polite, just messaged me and says, I'm not upset. I'm not angry. I'm just a little disappointed because there's this pockmark in, in the front of the card. And I said, no problem. I want to do the right thing. Could you just do me a favor though? And like, send me the photo of the card because I want to see if it was damaged in, in ship in the shipping process or the packaging process or whatever, or if it was like the exact photo that I posted, come to find out it's the exact photo that I posted. And the buyer's telling me the buyer's like acknowledging, yes, we bought the card. Yes. You had it in the photo. Nothing happened to the card. Like this is what we bought, but And I said, so I said, what do you want me to do? Right. I think that's the other tip I would give the audience is like specifically ask the buyer, like, what, what are they looking for? Cause the person wasn't telling me what exactly they wanted. So in other words, I'm trying to find out, do they want to send the card back? Do they want a full refund? Do they want a percentage off? So I'm a little bit conflicted. I want to do the right thing. I told the buyer, I said, look, I need to ask some people their opinion, meaning this show (laughs) and the audience and all of you, your opinion. And I'm going to, I said, I'm going to get back to you early next week. So I'll get back to them probably today or tomorrow. Ultimately what the buyer wanted was just a percentage discount off of the, off of the sale. This is the second time this has happened to me. And these are the only two times I've sold cards raw. So before I tell you what I think I'm going to do, let me quickly get, let's, let's go around the horn to our experts here. Lefty, what would you, what would you do if you were me in this situation? Uh, Well, so I've been, um told that i'm the nice guy of the group uh but in this situation you are right about what i'd say um am i having an echo too i mean i can hear you very well but audience let us know if lefty has an echo strange okay so for me i would have said i photographed the issue at the card I was transparent with it. Nobody reads the descriptions anyway. And I'll give you a percentage off of a sale in the future, but this is three months done. Sorry about you. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's kind of where I was leaning. Um, and I've, I've already kind of said that, but I did, but I didn't like go, I didn't go hard into my answer. Cause I didn't want to like ruffle any feathers or anything like that. Chad, what do you think about this? I mean, uh, should the audience, be concerned and should i be concerned in these types of scenarios about getting negative feedback in a situation like this you should um so i don't disagree with lefties um put the pictures with the exception there's a caveat of dollar amount so i only do pictures of the descriptions i don't write anything wrong with the card if it's under a hundred dollars, if it's over a hundred dollar card, I absolutely put any issues with the card in the description, along with the pictures. I do it both. In a case like this, 
what what how much did you make i've i haven't never i've never experienced this because i've it's been years since i've done it but anyways um with three hundred dollars profit after fees what did you what did you make a hundred bucks exactly yeah it was only about a it was about a little over a hundred dollar profit so i mean it's a lot it's a lot to put in you know to buy a seven hundred dollar card and then to make a hundred off of it selling it at a at a fell alert point when he was when he was going off in the FIBA I mean yeah it wasn't it wasn't a great win by me by any means and it wasn't a very large profit so these people do yeah, have so, the card in the condition that I posted it in I would offer a $50 credit yep okay I was thinking something along the same lines just to avoid the negative feedback and just to kind of feel good about having a, a satisfied customer I think I, I I've been down the road too many times in my life of when when people are upset about a little thing that just in in hindsight it's just not worth the little you know it's not worth being completely right um, when you can just sleep better at night knowing someone's not upset with you for some stupid reason so I think that's probably what I'm going to do, Chad. And I appreciate everybody in the audience. People are, are putting great comments in here. Um, Craig's Cards 11, Justin Stewart. Thanks for the awesome comments. Real quick before we move on to the next thing. Um, is the three-month thing, I know that I know that like in practice, it seems odd to message three months after. But Chad, Lefty, do you guys know, I don't know off the top of my head, and, and I didn't research this before the show, but does eBay have... Don't they have like a 30 day window for this? Or is it like, do you guys know how that works? It's 90 days. It's 90 days. Okay. Yeah. And Luke Menkel's saying negative feedback is a killer. We're about at the nine. I mean, we're, we're, I may or may not be at the 90 day. So I think I'm just going to offer this credit. I think I'm going to be real nice about how I offer it and hopefully it'll go down well. I'll let you guys know how it goes, but I think this is the right move. So hopefully this content's helpful with you all in the audience. 90 days. 90 days makes me think that he probably sent it to eBay, just got it back, and it didn't gem. And then he cracked it back out, had somebody look at it, and they said, well, it didn't gem because of this pockmark here. You should contact the seller. That's me, I'm guessing, but that's probably what happened. Mark D makes a good point here in the live chat. Basically, what was the description of the card when I bought it? That's actually not a bad thing to reference just to see. I wasn't disappointed in the seller because I don't get that way. <laughs> you know, I kind of take it as like I, I take it on the chin as my mistake. Um, you know, I think if like Chad had an Otani card that was like completely bent in shipping, now that type of thing, I would be I would be upset and I would get a refund you know, I would, I would get a refund on something like that, but like a mark on a card or something like that. I don't, that's my mistake. And actually that's a great segue into the next part of my L, which I want to give, I want to tell everybody about this because I think everybody needs to know the Bowman Chrome U 2023 football. This is the only time I've ever seen this happen. And I'm interested to see if any of you guys have had this happen to you and anyone in the live chat, let us know, or if, if you're listening to the show back, Comment on the YouTube video, youtube.com slash Paul Hickey, or uh, DM me on Instagram at Sports Card Strategy if you're listening on Apple and Spotify. Let me know, has this happened to you in any other uh, instance? But in the Bowman Chrome U 2023 football, the sticker autos are marking the backs of other cards. So I bought a Drake May uh, refractor auto out of 499 and a Marvin Harrison Jr. refractor auto out of yellow refractor out of 75. I sent them both into PSA, but as I was looking at the back of the cards, 
And one of them, I actually messaged the seller before I bought it. There's Sharpie mark, like Sharpie marker on the back of each of those cards. And the, and the seller said, yes, I, I've seen this happen. I think it's from the sticker autos being stacked on top of one another and rubbing off onto the back and lefties nodding. And I think it's exactly what it looks like. I mean, it doesn't look, and why would anyone, why on earth would anyone like mark up their own card? I mean, it's gotta be exactly what it, what it is. So um, anyway, I decided to grade all of those. Why did I decide to grade all of those? For the same reason why the pockmark came back on the Anthony Edwards card and then the person's mad about it because when I don't grade cards, the buyer tries to get a discount every single time. So my punchline, my takeaway here is I grade everything that I sell on eBay because in the only instances, literally two times that I haven't, a Mac Jones auto that I pulled out of a Leaf set a long time ago and this stupid Anthony Edwards situation that I'm in right now, the two only two times that I've sold a higher dollar card on eBay like that, it's not graded. The buyer tries to get a discount off of the card. They still want the card. They just want it for less and they make up some reason as to why they should get the discount. So I am grading everything. I don't want to be in a situation. So you might be like, well, why did you send in a Drake May and a Marvin Harrison Jr. with a marker mark on the back? No, I'd rather sell a PSA 4 because there's a marker mark on the back and I don't have to explain anything to anyone. They know they're buying a PSA 4. We're done. We're done with the transaction. We're moving on. There's other things I got to get to in my life. I can't sit there, go back and forth with an eBay buyer about you know some kind of percentage discount. So that's why I'm grading everything. And hopefully this L of the week is a good valuable lesson for everybody as I sort of navigate this. Luke Menkel says he really was fishing for a discount. I think that's exactly what they're doing. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and give it to him, but uh, that's what I've got for my L. Hopefully lefty's echo is better. Uh, the audience is saying he does have an echo, but I'm going to pass it over to him for his L of the week. Uh, can you hear me a little bit better? I mean, you sound great to me, lefty. As Connor, Connor how I sound. Um, slightly less than ideal for me, but if you're good on everyone else's end, I say keep rolling. Is it echoing? Because I moved it pretty far away from it. Just a little staticky. Chad's waving his arms. We're, we're on, we are so on top of it today. Just well, like it's, crisp. It's turkey. Crisp production. It's, it's a holiday week, guys. So, you know, we're enjoying it. What I will say. I thought I was coming back and everything was going to be perfect. And this has just been an absolute mess. <laughs> My L of the week is, is different injuries in the NFL. It's just been tough. And just actually in football in general, if you saw Florida State's quarterback go down, um, you know, they are 10 and 0, and then all of a sudden he breaks his ankle in a game that's a cupcake. I mean, it's terrible. So just L of the week is a reminder that these suggestions are still coming from uh, a place that we still know that injuries can happen. You know, we, we talked about Burrow being a good investment earlier in the season, and he took it and he took a season-ending injury. You know, we talked about uh, several different quarterbacks that are now injured. I mean, Paul's favorite um, Paul's favorite Aaron Rodgers is a, a great. Uh, re this echo is throwing you guys. That's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here, Lefty. So I think you're on to something, and I actually want to talk about this as we go on in the show because we're gonna talk about Burrow's injury. Shadur Sanders came off the field. I want to talk a little bit about that later on in the show because 
I think where you're going is that we know that injuries happen, but we also know that sports card investing and flipping is actually a better hedge than sports betting and fantasy sports. Because if the, if you, if you got burrow on your fantasy team, you're screwed. Um, if you've got burrow cards, you're not. And we'll talk about that more. Same thing with Shadur Sanders cards. Um, even performance dips like our guy, Caleb Williams performance dip. Right. So I want to talk a little bit about a little bit about that more. Um, so let's go over to Chad because Chad's L in the show notes here is actually, I didn't bring it up as, as one of my L's. I had it in my notes, but I had enough under my L section today. Um, so Chad over to you for your L of the week, man. But I, but this is also one of my L's. All right. So my L of the week is, uh, as we were all chasing Shador Sanders and Travis Hunter cards. Um, I texted the group and said, Hey, there's the Colorado team cards and they're only $12.99 a set. I'm going to buy two sets. It says, it says complete set. So I thought I was getting a complete set of all hundred cards for $12.99. As it turns out, we got our two packs and there are 15 cards each. They're all different. Um, it was not what we expected. So it was, it was a $25 L. Um, actually mine's a $20 L cause I had one card in there that was kind of cool that I put up and sold right away for $5. So mine's a $20 L, but an L nonetheless. I will say I gotta, I'm going to give them credit for having a really good looking product. Like, I know it's a pretty new company. They're working with Colorado exclusively, I think. But it is a cool-looking cool. set. Yeah, that's, geez, I agree. What a, what a financial loss, considering we didn't have any of the stars in any of our packs. <laughs> and it was said to be the exact, like, the full team set. Yeah, they're not working with Colorado exclusively because I see PSA is already already has on it 2023 NIL trading cards for like Alabama and some other schools in their database. So there are actually people who have not only purchased these for other schools, but also had them graded at PSA. But um, but Lefty, I agree with you. They're uh, they're cool. They're nice car. They're actually nice cards. Um, But but Chad's Chad's point about this being. misrepresented marketing is definitely right on there, but go ahead, Chad. So I, I emailed, I emailed customer support thing. I don't know what I was thinking. I just thought I'd get a response. I got a response and the response was, here's a middle finger. Um, the response was, I emailed customer support and said, Hey, I felt very misled. The packs do not have the entire complete set in like, like it's clearly states when you advertise it. Um, the response was, it is a complete entire team set. You have the ability to get a Shadur and a Hunter, but nowhere in there, nowhere in the advertisement does it state that there are a hundred cards in a pack for twelve dollars. Uh, we're very sorry that you don't feel uh, you got your money's worth. We'll give you twenty percent off if you want to buy another pack. Screw you. <laughs> I love disgruntled customer Chad. He's like one of my favorite characters on the show. Um, which actually I want to, let's ask disgruntled customer chat, just a quick question before we go to Chad's W of the week, disgruntled customer, Dr. Crack, Chad Gill. Um, you were so mad at Panini 
so mad at Panini with the Victor Wembenyama first look cards. The grades have come back better than everyone expects so far, right? I mean, were you are you eating some crow on this or you still feel like you're right about the quality of those cards? I feel like I'm right about the quality of the cards. I feel like I got an absolute gift from SGC on those first 10 cards, six tens and, and four nine fives. I didn't, I thought there was at least one or two sevens in the bunch. Um, so I, I'm not, it makes me think that uh, I need to send more cards to SGC even with the uh, lower values than uh, PSA. If I can turn a seven to a nine five, I'm all over that. <laughs> I'm, I agree. I mean, everyone, Luke Menkel's in the comments saying the quality was trash. Shout out to Scott Fuquay, who's been a longtime listener of the show and a premium member at NoOffseason.com. He emailed me, basically said the same thing happened to him at SGC. He thought he said he only graded like seven out of the 20 for the same reasons you and Lefty decided to do. And um, he got like better than expected grades at SGC. So we'll see what happens. With, have you got it? You haven't gotten any of your PSAs back yet. Have you, Chad? No, oh, my PSAs are stuck in step four grading for the last two weeks. So we'll yeah, see when that we'll see where it goes. So are mine. Okay, Chad, what's your W of the week, man? Uh, my W week, third third week in a row, I finished off one of my twenty card bulk plays from back in summer. Um, this one, it, there's a, a theme to this. I went with the uh, Concourse Silver, which I know Lefty hates select cards, but uh, they make good plays in bulk. Um, so I bought, uh, it was a 20-card play of Tua Silver Concourse Rookie. However, this one, I ended up, I did buy 27 of them to get 20 that I felt were grade worthy. Uh, of the 27, I averaged a $10.50 each after tax and shipping. That's That was my cost on them. Uh, I sold seven of them. I did not think they were grade worthy. And after fees, I lost $12 on seven cards, which is not bad. The 20 I submitted, uh, $19 a card, $30 each way for shipping. Had a total investment of $723.50. I got 15 PSA 10s and five PSA 9s. The average sale of the PSA 9s was $36 or a net of $30.96. The average uh, sale price of the PSA 10s were $88 or a net of $75.68. So when you add all that together, subtract the total investment and the $12 I lost raw, I had a $554 net profit. I mean, like echo or no echo, light going off or no light going off. I mean, this is compelling stuff right here. Like Chad dropped this uh, with the Burrow play in last week's show. And then I just love that Chad's executing these plays that he's writing about at nooffseason.com and then reporting back to us on how he did and he's winning. And Chad, let me ask you a question. One of the things I found really cool about you doing this with Burrow last week is that now I know Burrow's in a different situation right now. We'll talk about that in a second, but it, he's still Joe Burrow. So there's still going to be selling markers with him in the future. I'm not worried about it. I'll just skip, skip to that punchline there. But um, with your Burrow play, one of the things I heard you mention, and I don't know if anyone else picked up on this. I'm sure some people did, but you said something along the lines of you had sent a certain amount to SGC. You had sold you had had sold for profit those cards. You then had a certain amount still at PSA. You said you were going to take the profit from PSA that you already had that was going to cover 
the PSA grading fee than anything else beyond that when you got those PSA graded cards back and sold those. That would be your total profit minus fees. Now, I thought that was super astute because I don't think necessarily everyone always thinks of that. Like I didn't think of that kind of thing for like the first 12 to 18 months that I was flipping sports cards. I didn't, it's not that I didn't think of it. It's just that I didn't realize how quickly the grading fees add up. So you have, my point here is you have to account for the grading fees that are sitting at PSA that you haven't been charged yet. Right. So I thought like how, so I guess my question is, first of all, statement, great job on that question. How often do you do something where you would take like maybe say you have 25 of a card like this 201, you send 20, you send five to SGC first and then you send 20 to PSA. Do you, is that a strategy of yours or why did you decide to do that with the Burrow cards? Uh, that wasn't with the Burrow cards. That was with the Wemby cards, the Wemby okay. instant. Uh, when I do these bulk plays, they're strictly PSA. Um, and I think my lagging and my echo was because Lefty had his mic on. Now that he's muted, uh, it, it sounds better to me. But um, anyways, uh, the Wemby instant, um, we had 25 of them. So I sent 10 off because I wanted to be first to market and then the other 15 to PSA. I made enough money on those 10 that I sent to SGC that it covered the cost of all 25 cards. It covered the cost of the grading at SGC and the grading at PSA. When I get those 15 cards back from PSA now, every card, whether they, I get a dollar a piece or $50 a piece, they are pure profit. The SGC 10 cards covered the whole entire play. So I am, I've got 15 cards coming back from PSA now. When they come back, I have zero dollars invested in it. Okay. Thanks for clarifying. For some reason, I thought it had to do with the Burrow card where you had done something mm -hmm. like that. But anyway, good stuff. Appreciate that. I think it's important to account for the grading fees and, and all of this. If I can, the so the Tua cards, when I did all three of these, when I did the Hertz, the Burrow, and the Tua, if you go back and you read the articles, what at the time, the reason I like these bulk plays is they are not performance-based plays like I'm doing with my basketball cards. Um, these plays are, are relatively safe because like the Tua at the time, the PSA 10 Tua, when, when I recommended this play, the PSA 10 Tua was $125. I averaged to $88 per PSA 10. You know, that's almost 40 bucks less than what it was at the time that I did it. And I still netted 500 plus dollars. Yeah, that's a great point. We had a question come into the Overflow show last week for premium members at nooffseason.com slash ask that had to do with um, what was a good buy-in point for those bulk plays. And I think like my answer was that we're writing, you're writing those articles. We're publishing those articles at nooffseason.com at the time we believe it is to buy them. So AKA, we wrote, you wrote those uh, football buy articles at the time during the football offseason where we felt it was a great point to buy them. It was like March, June. That's when those articles came out. So now you're in a situation where regardless of what happens to the overall PSA 10 or PSA 9 card price, um, because it's not performance-based, the price of that card could go down, but you're still going to profit on it. Now with Tua, you know, 
maybe his card price went up, so you profit a little bit more. The baseball card articles that you're writing about the top 10 baseball prospects on our rankings at nooffseason.com right now, I think you're at almost number five or number six that's coming out soon out of the top 10. That's the same thing. Uh, Connor says eight, so we're Chad's already at number eight, which is awesome. So go check those out at nooffseason.com. And the point is, whatever price Chad has on the actual card prices and the expected PSA 10 price based on the price now, he, we're not necessarily saying we expect this card to go up to XYZ value by the time you get it back and sell it, but it's implied because of the fact that we're telling you to buy it now. We're only going to tell you to buy cards at the time that we think it makes sense to buy and leave out any performance-based markers. The performance-based markers would be a total bonus at that point. So, um, Lefty, W of the week, man. What do you got? Well, let's see if this changes my mic. Crispy to me. Um, so I've been doing some hard work behind the scenes trying to make sure that my mic sounds a little bit uh, better. Uh, it doesn't seem to sound any much better to me, but sorry about this, guys. Um, my win of the week, I think, is having to think about the different scenarios and having to put on my hat of, of an investor. The, the thing that I like about this show is it's continually asking us to put ourselves in, in, in a, more, uh, a more and more intense crucible so that we can be continually bringing back top of the line um, stuff into our, our podcasts. But the MLB or the the win for me is the MLB uh, debut tops Chrome cards. I don't know if you guys are aware of some of this stuff. Okay, now my echo is completely gone. Now that Paul has muted his mic, I wonder if that's part of it. But um, the tops MLB t uh, debut cards has is such a cool thing. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but it's the one of one debut patch cards. It is a uh, RPA essentially for baseball that Topps Chrome has done, and it is phenomenal. It's a white glove experience as well. So what they did was they put all of these cards are are showing up unless there's only one set that they're not because it's a, a super exclusive hobby product that's very taken care of. But if the in the other products they are white gloving the experience is what Topps has said. So if you pull the card, it's basically a redemption. And when it comes into a redemption, you basically come back and you and you put it in there and it, it's a white glove experience from Tops where they send you the one of one that you are expected uh, quickly, apparently, because they have them all on file already. So you don't have to deal with all the lag and delay of a, re of a regular redemption, but you get a sort of, uh, you know, uh, wine and dine experience with Tops as you get sent this card. Um, specifically some of them have already hit ebay in there even the no namers are going for like fifteen hundred two thousand dollars i think it's one of the sickest cards out there they look very good for those of you that are unaware the patch on it is actually what they are wearing on their jerseys during their debut game so this is literally a, a jersey worn product um, i think it's super cool looking i think they look beautiful i think tops absolutely crushed this I think this is one of Fanatic's first um, like things that that they rolled out with Tops. That that's specifically their idea, and I think they crushed it. So I think the win of the week actually goes to a card company because most of the time we're here criticizing them, and I think it was done. I think they did a great job with this product. I think they also did a great job by knowing 
that cards could have been ruined or misplaced or all that kind of stuff in the product. So they gave you basically a, a substitute card. Yeah, no expiration. This can go forever. I think this is just Tops has been known for having horrible redemptions in the past, horrible quality control, et cetera, et cetera. They took all these issues and said, not with this, not with this uh, branded card because it's so cool and they look freaking great. And these cards are going to go for a lot of money. And I think it just sets a standard for the future of how redemptions are going to be handled going forward for big cards. For instance, if you have super fractors and stuff you might not be able to pull a super fractor going forward because they might be in a quality controlled redemption environment which i'm not sure if i'm excited about that long term you know like i'm excited about the idea that 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 there's some sort of quality control for the investment standpoint but i think it also takes the thrill out of somebody opening up a pack with a one-on-one -on -one super fractor in it and getting you know hype videos and stuff like that i'm not sure how it'll change the product long term but i do think it's a w for uh the tops chrome set um i also think it's a w by the way for the josh uh josh young did this in an inscription on one of his newest autos and i i love the fact that they did this but they i love it when athletes are riding in basically handmade one-on-ones you know, so if we're talking about Josh Young, he had a card this week where he drew glasses on himself and he said, go Rangers. I just love it when players are more themselves on the autos. We saw, uh, you know, a bunch of players do this going forward in Topps Chrome. We saw uh, Benny or Montgomery do this and, and he signed his cards in Borat and all sorts of stuff. Benny the Jet with some flying airplanes and things. Um, I think it's cool when players do that. And I think that's also a win of the week. I think the hobby needs this kind of stuff. I think it, it you know, they're one of one cards. They're, it's very creative by Fanatics. I was at Mint Collective when they announced that they were going to be doing this. We put out a little bit of content about it. Good follow up here on the fact that these are these are out on the market now. I think it's it's definitely a win for the hobby. I think it, I categorize it as something like no one's going to be able to really get these cards. I mean, they're they're one of ones. You know, they're either going to be are unattainable uh, as a single or people are going to be trying to rip wax and win the lottery with these. So it's not a sports card strategy, but it is good for the hobby overall because I think it reinvigorates people. It gets, it gives people trust in the card companies. It gives people something exciting to talk about, something exciting to do. And um, we talk about fun as part of the hobby. And uh, that's actually a good segue into my W of the week before we get into the audience. Q&A stuff, our audience L&W stuff. But before I go into mine, I mean, I had to look up Crucible in terms of the context that we would relate it to the sports card strategy show. It says literally, uh, this is from vocabulary.com, literally a crucible is a vessel used for very hot processes like fusing metals or flipping sports cards. So there you go, Lefty, good work. It's right there on vocabulary.com. Nice job. Our very own vocabulary expert. And now that we have the, we've, we've now successfully, I think, transitioned from your weekly conference call to your actual sports card podcast. Now that we're muting ourselves. Um, what I wanted to talk about in my win of the week is um, just real, real quick. Why making money is fun for me. Um, for those of you who didn't listen to last week's show, go back and listen and then this will make sense. But to me, making money is fun because if I were, buying sports cards 
spending all of my hard-earned money from my other jobs. I had a bunch of sports cards sitting around my house. And whenever I tried to sell a sports card, I lost money on it. That wouldn't be fun at all. Um, I think that when you're losing money or when something becomes too expensive for you, you punt, right? Like if, like a lot of people spend a lot of their money on golf, they become addicted to golf or fishing or whatever. And then how many times can you just enjoy being outside before you're like, I suck at this and it costs too much money to keep doing it. Right. I mean, I think whether or not you like my analogies, it's true for sports cards. It's like, we need people to stay in the hobby. We need them to have as much fun as possible in the hobby. Otherwise they're, they're going to leave. There's other, life is expensive. Life is busy. Um, all of you are busy. So we appreciate you listening and we want you to make money. Otherwise we're just sitting here talking about sports cards. So making money is important. Making money is fun for me. And even if I'm not taking flyers on guys like Tank Dell, like Ryan Painter does, I'm still having fun. And so the reason I mentioned Tank Dell is just because that's another win of the week. Props to Ryan Painter, who wrote a bunch of $20 play of the day articles at nooffseason.com during the football offseason, wrote one about Nathaniel Tank Dell, who's just had a heck of a rookie season. And he's blew up yesterday. I mean, just absolutely exploded. So I just wanted to give another win of the week. Nooffseason.com's very own Ryan Painter. Haven't heard from him in a while. Hope you're listening. Hope you're having a great day, Ryan. All right. I think we're done with L&W now, guys. So, Connor, let's bring in the audience, L&W, and see what we got going on from the audience. Yeah, we, the boys are act. The boys and ladies are active today in the in the chat, uh, which we love to see. So keep it up there and make sure to drop your questions, um, and we will get to them during the audience Q and A. But kicking things off for the audience, L's and W's, we got Janelle Shu. Uh, L is Burrow's injury, but plans to quickly turn that into a W by buying some cheap cards this winter. Uh, had recently bought a Don, or had recently bought a base Don Russ Burrow, uh, but fortunately didn't spend too much. So we'll keep for the next year. Sounds like that's going to be similar to Paul's strategy. Um, oh, my shoes. L the week is my fall baseball season loss in the semis, but we ended the season going forward too. Uh, we got Shane Graham W for me going to the local card show over the weekend and got some Xavier Isaac. Uh, got a refractor auto and a James Wood gold auto for slightly less than comps uh, without even having to haggle. Love that Shane. Good W there. Card snatcher partial L found a Walgreens with six nipping car pack car packs left. Excuse me. Uh, bought them all. No Yamamoto, but did pull a Roki, which I know uh, is another Another guy that lefty's big on there. Uh, Luke Mankel, W of the week, found some Topps Chrome NPB at the local Walgreens and got a blue Yamamoto out of 150. People are making the, the Yamamoto plays and we love Come it. Come on, it. guys. Let's That's go. Play, That's a play. Good work, Luke. Good work, uh, We also got Justin Stewart. Uh, got their first bulk value order back from PSA. 14 out of 20 came back PSA 10s, uh, with one of them being a Bo Nix. Uh, inception auto out of 75 hoping he holds uh the competitors off and is able to land a heisman um i think that's going to do it for us we got a bunch of q a's ready to roll already for the end of the show um so make sure to drop those as we go along and if we don't get to them be sure to leave a comment and we'll respond to them there sweet good work good work audience and good work connor connor's killing it on the deep dives um, go back and listen to the deep dives if you guys haven't. We'd love your your thoughts on those. Comment on the YouTube videos at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey or hit me up on Instagram. DM me. Let me let me know what you think of those uh, at Sports Card Strategy on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. Um, all right. My buys of the week. 
I'm going to just briefly talk about some of the plays I'm making. So I did buy the Connor Bedard 2023-2024 NHL Tops Now sticker pack of sticker number 15. They're tiny. I mean, they're they're super tiny. So I was a little bit nervous as to whether or not PSA would grade them or whether or not they would send them back. But I did submit them in a bulk submission with one Bronny James that arrived a little bit late. So I, that was a 21-card submission, 20 Connor Bedard stickers, and one Bronny James refractor out of the Topps Chrome McDonald's All-American release. And they had graded in the PSA database what were all already Topps Now Connor Bedard stickers. So everybody, we should we should get those back graded from PSA. Um, other plays that are at PSA right now are the Victor Wimbanyama base card 25 pack of the Panini Instant uh, number 19 that we've been talking about a lot. Uh, there's a Bronny James bulk submission. I have already submitted all of my tops, chrome, refractors, bases, variations, all that stuff of Bronny James of the McDonald's All-American release, anxiously awaiting the Bowman Chrome first that you will have in the USC uniform and a James Wood rookie auto that I was able to snipe. So those are all together in bulk submissions. Um, one thing before I get into who I think you should buy and, and what some of the other strategies that I have for my buys right now, Janelle Shu asked a great question on the overflow show for premium members at nooffseason.com about flyers sometimes being safer than goats. And the way that I broke, I think we all had similar answers, but the way that I broke it down is that you can have both. So we talk about goats, heroes, and flyers. And Lefty and Connor talked about this on the on their Wednesday deep dive. And so those terms typically identify risk levels, but there are plays that are also risky and safer. And so basically you can have a flyer in a play that's super safe, but you can have a goat in a play that's super risky. So goats aren't goats are safer, I think, for longer term holds. Heroes are debatable and flyers are risky for longer term holds. But but what I've been doing is I've been buying flyers that I think are super safe plays for shorter term flips. And that's where you have like the Victor Wembanyama flips that I've had, the Caleb Williams plays that I'm making, the the prospects that we talk about in the top three, all of those plays, those guys are all flyers, but they're super safe plays. But I think it was very astute of Janelle to kind of bring that up and say, can you have a goat that's risky? Can you have a flyer that's safe? I think yes, that's exactly what, what we're talking about. So a quick notable on a flyer before I get into who I think you guys should buy um, and who I'm looking to snipe. Um, Charlie Woods won a high school state golf title in Florida. And Charlie Woods is the son of Tiger Woods. And so we've been talking a lot about Bronny James, Arch Manning, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This guy could be the next one. He's 14 and he doesn't have anything near a sports card out yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Charlie Woods card that's licensed at some point, maybe in the next two years. So I want to be the first one to talk about Charlie Woods related to sports cards. So I want to throw that out there today. Um, he would fall into the Bronny James Arch Manning category for sure. Um, okay. Who you should buy. Going back to the well when you believe in something. I think Chad talked about this briefly on his deep dive. 
where it's kind of like buying a stock where if you still believe in the stock, even if the price has gone down in theory, you should buy more, right? So Joe Burrow falls into that for me, big time. So Joe, I, I talked um, last, was it last week or two weeks ago? Um, Joe, one of Joe Burrow's 2020 Prism PSA 10 and Joe Burrow 2020 Optic Hollow PSA 10 were like featured as my buys. They still are. I mean, go into the Joe Burrow well, buy more Joe Burrow. This hand surgery sucks for the now, but I mean, what's good about it is you still believe in Joe Burrow and now his stock prices are probably not going to rise, which means they're going to either stay the same or dip. And that's when you buy more of a guy like Joe Burrow. Um, also, I would put Shadur Sanders and Caleb Williams right in that category. The reason why is because you know, I think when I make a call on something, I'm very, very cognizant about the context around the call. So I've talked a lot about Shadur Sanders and Caleb Williams. And I just want to reiterate that my selling point for Caleb Williams has always been the NFL draft, the, lead, the, the hype to the lead up of the 2024 NFL draft. Never once have I, I know the running joke is that I'm impatient, but never once have I thought about selling Caleb Williams before that selling point, that marker. So I think that you can go back to the well with USC basically being out of it, Caleb being out of the Heisman race. I'm still banking on him turning heads at the combine, him having great interviews, and there being a lot of articles about Caleb Williams and what's going to happen with maybe the Bears. Are they going to trade? There's going to just be a lot of coverage around who's going to be taking Caleb Williams and how does that happen? There's going to be tons of Caleb Williams in the news. So I'm going back to that Caleb Williams well and saying you can double down on that Caleb Williams play with that 2024 NFL draft sell marker. Don't worry about his prices dropping right now or what happens right now. Shadur Sanders, same way. What I am reading is that he is going to be a top five pick in the 2025 NFL draft that he's expected to come back. He's injured. Colorado has sucked the last eight weeks. These are all good points to buy into Shadur Sanders. Stock up on Shadur Sanders with the same, it's the, it's the same guidelines and strategies of the Caleb Williams play, except it would be the 2025 NFL draft. And oh, by the way, this is super early, so this could change a lot. But I'm seeing also Shiloh Sanders and Travis Hunter being projected as potential top five or top 10 picks for that 2025 NFL draft as well. So this is going where they ain't. I really, really like going where they ain't. Those are my buys. One more, we're going to have Andy Kaysen on next week's show of the Football Card Quest. He has been talking a ton about T. Higgins as a buy right now with a free agency marker. I did my research just to fact check Andy. It looks like T. Higgins is far and away the number one wide receiver and skill position player in the 2024 NFL free agent market. T. Higgins is nowhere to be found right now. No one's looking at him. The Bengals are likely out of it. Got Jake Browning thrown to him. He's injured himself. He's got some nice National Treasures rookie patch autos on card autos, serial numbered out of 99 or less. T. Higgins. Those would be the cards I would go after if you're looking to take a flyer with What's a free agency marker. You'd have to do your own research on that, but I'm seeing them like uh, between $100 and $200. And I think that that's a good point, Lefty. So 
Like, I don't know that like the T Higgins um, for the other cards I mentioned with Shadur and Caleb, that those would be Bowman Chrome first autos. And I would even try to just go get the PSA tens of the Caleb, to be honest with you. Um, with the Shadur, you still have a ton of time to get those graded. So I would, I would buy them raw and get them graded with the T Higgins. The reason I brought up those cards is because I just, I'm not a huge believer that there's a ton of upside in like a base prism or an optic hollow. I know Chad likes the silver prism you could go that route, silver prism PSA 10, but I just, I don't think that the ceiling is high enough for me to dip into the the T Higgins market. So lefty, I was seeing anywhere between a hundred and $200 for those, but I think those were uh, buy it now or best offer. So in terms of like what I would pay for them, I'd tried to pay, I would try to pay like around 80. I think around 80 would be a good deal for a card like that. So what do you think? And over to you for who you're buying, man. Yeah, I really like that play. I think like, that's why I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about, Oh, do I need to, do I need to sprinkle there? Because I think that's a, that's a good investment. Um, long-term. Uh, I think it's something that when we are going forward and we're looking at, the next play, um, T Higgins is a great next play. Um, for my buys, I, I, when we sit down and do this, I'm like, okay, the media even gets to us, you know, like the media even gets to us. And I'm like, man, all I want to do right now is, is go buy the guys that I'm watching on sports center and all this kind of stuff. You know, like I want to go buy DTR right now as a Browns fan and all this kind of stuff. I don't, I, but so I have to pull my hat off and be like, okay, what is our strategy? What are our non-negotiables? We'll go where they ain't, you know? And so I'm like, okay, what is not being talked about right now? So what is being talked about right now? Baseball, because we, because of prospecting, even though it's not as popular football, because obviously mid season, you know, there's a lot of basketball because the in season tournament has done exactly what they wanted it to do. Bring a bunch of attention forward. So I'm like, okay, where are they not right now? And I know I brought this up earlier this year, but she's a goat. Candace Parker is not being talked about right now. And I tried to snipe some of her stuff earlier this year. And I think she's, I think she's a very good uh, WNBA investment, especially long-term, especially with her being on uh, several different publications. Turner sports is putting her forward on a bunch of different stuff. She's, got a personality going forward she's still playing i believe that she will be a part of uh of basketball media for a long time she i mean shoot she could even go into coaching later and like follow pat summit at tennessee and that just would be freaking sick too i think there's a bunch of markers uh in this goat purchase that could be good going forward i think candace parker could do some things that would even surprise me and you know like uh, maybe get into coaching in the NBA or something like that. I just think she's the kind of person that seems to be like her market is is not over. She still wants to be pushing for some of those top uh, top end plays and do stuff that no one else has done before. You know, like, and so I could see her being what I am referencing now. This is media wise. Media wise, I see her as more of that LeBron type character, where even after her career is over she's going to be heavily involved in the media doing uh, and doing good things and like being a commentator and things like that so i think candace parker is still a good buy for me for my solid portfolio long-term play um it, it like just basically her value rising over the long term i'm also looking at some heroes we talk a lot about 
of baseball players um, in prospecting. I'm going to give you two players that were injured a lot last year, and I think their teams will be better this next year. I've got O'Neill Cruz. We've talked about him a lot. And then Aaron Judge. I think Aaron Judge has um, fallen out of favor in a lot of people's minds. The Yankees were horrific. But they're, he's going to have his days again where he's hitting 5,000-foot home runs. You know, like He's going to keep doing Aaron Judge things. So I think now could be a good time to buy in. And now I also want to look at the, an interesting play. Sports Illustrated for Kids cards that we bought a bulk of earlier this year has a Bo Nix Oregon uh, card in the same cutout sheet that we were buying earlier this season. So we probably all still have some of those Bo Nix Sports Illustrated for Kids Oregon unis. So if you do have those, I'm not sure that I'm saying that they are a buy right now, but what I'm saying is you need to go through the effort of going through and finding your Bo Nix Oregon cards and potentially sending those off and grading those before he potentially wins the Heisman uh, pretty soon. So that's not necessarily a buy. That's more of a strategy play. Um, but definitely go find your Bo Nick Sports Illustrated for Kids cards and get those submitted. All right. So I got a couple questions for you there, Lefty, before we move on to Chad for his buy and sell. Um, what would Candace Parker have to do in the media for her – like? In, in her post playing career to see like an actual rise in value. Cause I see the, I see the correlation and I see that there could be a, like, is there a dip in her card prices now that you, that you've confirmed that you think even if, even if like she doesn't do much moving forward, they should rise when, when she's on TV or when she's, you know, in the media being talked about, or do you foresee some sort of longer term, marker for her cards based on where they're at right now so i almost see this as like buying a house almost you know like it's definitely not our traditional six to 12 month investment this is kind of like i think that her cards will hold value long term and beat inflation type thing you know this is something something like set a storage of value card play than it is like a six to 12 month flip like we normally talk about so yep. this would be for our storage of value play that I'm talking about for, and I think that's where my, when I talk about my goat section, that's really what I'm trying to do is have a storage of value play. Um, not necessarily a quick flip six to 12 months that we talk about often with prospects and, and quick buys. This is kind of like, I'm going to buy this card so that it, in five to 10 years, it is worth more than the money that I paid for it now type thing. Okay, because I would say to the audience that I'm not a believer that Candace Parker is a household name. Like I, I just I think that there's I think that Candace Parker is a phenomenal athlete and she's great in the media. And I totally agree with you on all of that. But I've been down the Becky Hammond road before. I think Candace Parker probably fits that category. I just don't know that people are going to know who she is enough to actually have her card prices. I think she'd have to become president of the United States. And I don't think that's likely. So, but anyway, the other question I wanted to ask you is, well, I wanted to just kind of clarify, I think my experience on the Bo Nix SI for kids cards, I think we may have led people a little bit down the wrong path with SI for kids cards unintentionally. 
I think we started talking about SI kids cards specifically for the Victor Wimanyama card, like specifically. And that was the one that really turned the profit for everybody because Victor Wimanyama is the player. Like he's the player that I'm going to continue. The reason I mentioned my plays that I still have at PSA is because like, I'm going to continue to make money on Victor Wimanyama period. But I think that like when I told everybody to buy the magazine, I was looking out for people to, spend like $20 for a two year period of time to get sheets of cards, to be very strategic about the ones that they rip out and send off and grade. And like Bo Nix to me just does not fit that category at all. Bo, Bo Nix already has two, now three years of Bowman Chrome cards. He has a unlicensed from the original 2021 set. He then switched schools and he has a 2022 Oregon Ducks cards that sell very well like he's always had those i think i i like i agree that because of his performance his si for kids cards could sell but i think it's going to be the only reason that they're going to even sell is going to be because of his performance i don't think they're going to sell for a profit at all so like if you're looking at trying to now grade bo nicks cards that you already own that play would be with SGC. I mean, I've already done that and it doesn't work. So I'm not going to advise the audience to do that because anything that's not like a generational athlete out of a SI for kids card that doesn't have any other cards and that won't have any other cards for a foreseeable time. Those to me are the only SI kids cards out there. Um, John Rom, Scotty Scheffler. Those are guys that don't have any other cards. Those are guys that have markers coming up. Rose Zhang is one, and we got a comment um, from somebody who got it back from PSA as too small to grade. That sucks. Here's what I would do with that. Two things. When you submit those cards to PSA, put a sticky note on the outside of the card saver that says, if this card is ungradable, please slab as authentic. If they don't do it, because then you would get it back at least in an authentic slab, and now your $19 isn't wasted, and you can sell it. If they don't do it, send it and they send it back to you, send it to SGC and have them do it. They'll do it. And then you'll be able to sell it in a slap um, with your Rojong. I just want to caution people on the SI for kids cards. Um, Connor, I know you wanted to challenge our buy recommendation. So uh, what you got, man? I'm going to, I'm going to start with lefty uh, just to keep cohesion here. Uh, lefty last week, someone that you, I believe, I think it was last week. Someone that you pitched was Caitlin Clark. Um, and I think for people dipping their feet in the, the women's basketball scene, Caitlin Clark, uh, I'm curious to see your thoughts on buying Caitlin Clark over trying to pick up Candace Parker Prince right now, just because I think Caitlin Clark is such a dominant force. And rather than trying to uh, allocate your funds for women's basketball in, in different locations, uh, do you think it'd be more uh, fortuitous potentially to just have all your funds going towards women's basketball to be invested in Caitlin Clark? Uh, she's going insane. 31, eight and eight this year. Uh, last night she had like 36 points and she only, she played just over 30 minutes. So curious to see your thoughts on uh, spreading yourself around the, the women's basketball world. Yeah. I think that Caitlin Clark is, I think the more fun investment for me, for sure. Um, I'll just, I'm just trying to think of names that we don't talk about every week, you know, and uh, we come to the show and we talk about um, Victor Wimbanyama and we talk about Austin or oh, we talk about Jackson holiday a lot. So, uh, but yeah, Caitlin Clark is just a person that I would and am investing in. And I think she is going to be a dominant force and has the potential to win a national championship because the LSU program 
is having a lot of issues right now. If you guys want to go look that up in the media, but then there's also the the UConn is not UConn, you know, uh, Stanford is not Stanford, and and so this Caitlin Clark team has the ability to run for a national championship, and she's already going to be probably like number one, number two NBA, WNBA pick. So um, yeah, I think she is a a great play. Waiting yeah, for I like. You to I just challenge me, Connor. Yeah. Uh, real quick, for, to wrap up with Lefty. I just love that buy recommendation last week. So I was, I was curious um, if you thought that, that might be the the better pick from the two weeks for for Paul. Uh, you mentioned Charlie Woods. Yep. As a as a massive golf enthusiast, I want Charlie Woods to be the greatest golfer in the history of existence because of uh, obviously what Tiger's done and the way that Tiger's career was cut off short. However, he's not going to be. Um, in this state championship, he didn't win the individual. They won the, the team event, and he shot like 76, 78 uh, in mm -hmm. place, I think, 27th. Um, yeah. So with how competitive the golf world is in terms of top players, Charlie's not even close in his state, in his class, in his age group. And as good as I want him to be, um, I don't know that he's going to get to a position of power, one, to have Prince. He probably will in SI for kids. And two... I don't know that he'll get anywhere in terms of college golf that anyone cares enough outside of, I mean, he shot in the sixties in tournament play like very few times. And at this point he's, I believe he's 15 ish. So mm -hmm. I don't know that the markers are going to be there for Charlie Woods. I want him to be him, but I don't know that he will be him. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. That's good to know. I mean, I did see that in the article and I just kind of thought, you know, because he's Tiger Woods son, if he ever does have a card in his teenage years, like before he, goes to college and signs an NIL deal, then that could be a play just on the hype, not on the performance. But if you're saying that like he's not even really good enough to even get there, then that totally makes sense. I hear you. What about Blades Brown? Is Blades Brown going to be like uh, someone with cards one day that we need to pay attention Absolutely. to? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, that's a local boy for us. He went to Berwood Academy. Um, he might be the best. He might be the best uh, 15 year old in the world right now. I think he's actually listed as number two in the country, which I can't believe that someone apparently is better than him. But um, he's been playing in uh, for golf enthusiasts. He's been playing in adult male pro ams and uh, mid ams, state ams, and just absolutely waxing all the adults. And he's like 15 or 16 years old. Um, he they played a, a course over by where I'm at a couple months ago, and in three rounds he shot like 22 under par uh, and beat all the. Uh, amateurs in the area as a 15 year old so um i think he's got way more upside uh in terms of success in the golf world than charlie woods but obviously charlie will have the popularity so we'll see how that plays out thanks for clarifying that that's that's great and and before we go to chat lefty i think is straight on point with o'neill cruz and aaron judge like i commented on his his candace parker and bo nicks but i think o'neill cruz and aaron judge are great plays because when, when a guy like who's as dynamic as O'Neill Cruz gets injured and then forgotten about, and then everyone's thinking about Ellie De La Cruz and Jackson Holiday and all these other guys with hype, I think now you're in a position to go back to the well with O'Neill Cruz when no one's looking at him and get some of his bigger cards. And then when he hits that, when he comes out of spring training, when he's hitting home runs in spring training, Lefty, is that the point to sell him? Or what do you, what would you think the markers to sell O'Neill Cruz and Aaron Judge would be? Yeah, I think uh, the markers for uh, for Aaron Judge are. I just think any the, at any point when he hits a massive home run, it's going to be more valuable than it is now. 
I don't think the markers are as clear. You know, you're going to have to watch baseball. You're just going to have to watch Judge and watch the Yankees and kind of get a feel for if the hype is around the team during spring training. It could end up being a little bit longer. Maybe we see um, Judge do really well first half of the season and make an all-star team. That would probably be where I sell him. Um, I think that's the very clear marker, but there might be some non-clear markers around his uh, gameplay going forward. Uh, but if for O'Neill Cruz, I think the game, the markers will be when people rem are reminded of how good he is. You know, there is two six six one hundred freak shortstops named Cruz, and I would willing I'm willing to say that um, O'Neill is better than Ellie, and uh, people just haven't figured it out yet. Love it. Infinity Trader is on Ellie, which I don't I would have to dig into as well. I don't I don't know that that's a bad idea right now just because of the seasonality of it. So Infinity Trader could potentially be on to something just with a guy like Ellie who's dynamic as well. I don't know that you'd be buying Ellie at as low of a point as you'd be buying O'Neal, but I'd have to dig into that a little bit of that myself. But I know it's time to go over to Aaron Rodgers' biggest fan, Dr. Crack Chad Gill. Um, because much like a weekly conference call, he has a cutoff here in about eight minutes. So Chad, what do you got for us, man? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, number one fan. I like it. Um, my buys, uh, a little bit unconventional for me. Um, as we, I'm going to go and do something that we tell these people uh, not to do on a weekly basis. And that's buy wax, um, to, and I'll I'll justify my thinking here, but um, I am buying uh, 2023 Bowman Draft Hobby Boxes. They are to be released on December 12th. I've got my pre-order in. I've got two Hobby Boxes ordered, uh, as well as I've got two Hobby Boxes of the 2023 Upper Deck Series 2 Hockey Boxes. Um now, my play with the Upper Deck Series 2 Hobby Boxes is I am not opening those. I will not rip those. That is strictly a flip um, when, at, towards the end of the season, when Connor Bedard goes nuts, uh, I plan on um, selling those unopened. The Bowman Draft, I'm going to rip the crap out of both of those boxes and hope for some good uh, autos and uh, Bowman first on those. Um, other cards I'm buying is um, Giannis. The start of the NBA season has not gone the way everybody thought it was going to go with a few teams. The Bucks are one of them. They have struggled to find some cohesion. Um, I think the coach, I, I was not a Coach Bud fan, but Coach Griffin is a moron. I do not like him. Um I wish they would fire him like before Christmas and get uh, bring Terry Stotts back, if anything. Um, it, bring bring a coach that actually knows what the hell he's doing. Griffin is just out there. I don't know what he's doing, but he's not doing anything for the team. Um, secondly, Giannis has said that this is Damian Lillard's team. Uh, it is not Dame's team. It is Giannis's team. And with a little bit of Lillard injury, Giannis has figured this out in the last three games. If you look at Giannis's stat lines the last three games, 
He is dominating the game. He is the best player in basketball right now. And as soon as he realizes that he's got to stop playing nice with Damon and say, Damien, dude, this is my team. You're going to have the best stats of your life because they can't guard us both. Hop on my coattails and let's ride this thing out. The sooner they can figure that out, the Bucks will start dominating. Um, but in the meantime, Giannis, NBA hoops, PSA 10, it's a staple card. It's it's a liquid card. It sells two or three times a day, it seems like. Very easily obtained card, not super expensive. It's not like his prism, but it's a desirable card. The cheapest that card has been since 2019 was $240, $238 back in June of 2019. I was able to buy two of them over the weekend for $214 and $212. If you can get this card in the low 200s, this card is going to be a $300 card at some point in time during this NBA season, unless he gets injured. There's the caveat, but um, I absolutely love me some Giannis right now. Um, and then I also, um, we we tell people to stay focused and to stick with the top three players for the baseball rankings. I, as you know, cast a wider net than that. So I've been buying some, uh, some, some off the top 10 uh, autos as I've got, I've now finished my, my run. I've got 20, um, Bowman Chrome first base cards of all 10 of our top 10 prospects, and those are going off to PSA. So now I'm working on some autos and some fun stuff, and I've been buying a few flyers recently, but I bought uh, two cards. Um, you'll have to wait for an article to come out here probably by the end of the week, um, but I bought uh, two Ethan Salas cards. Generally speaking, when they first come out, it's too early. I've noticed that Solace cards have dipped. They're down almost 50% from the time that they came out. They're hovering around that two and a quarter mark. Um, and a PSA 9 goes for 250. Um, so there's the floor there is I can have grading fees invested and bust even on a PSA 9 with the high side of 500 plus dollars at a PSA 10. Um, I love that play. Uh, I made two of them last night. I will probably do a couple more, um, but I'm continuing to look at uh, Giannis cards and uh, Ethan Salas autos. Yeah, if I if I can jump in on the Ethan Salas play here, I think that is that's a great recommendation, um, it, especially because he's going to. I mean, he just annihilated every level, especially for how young he is. Plus, that card has had a really nice recorrection back to a stable floor that I think is is really sustainable going forward. And the Padres are in a bad position. We've we're going to talk about in a second where we think Juan Soto is going to go, but the Padres needed to take a fifty uh, a fifty million dollar loan out just to pay their players at the end of the season. Like the the they're in a bad spot. I think they're going to tear it down before they before they really resurge again and or they're going to have to have a, somebody buy in with a lot of capital which could change the way that you know you have more chiefs in the hen house you know like that's just there's just going to be uh some some conflict there so i think with all that being said i think so uh solace gets advanced through 
the latter stages fairly quickly because this team, I think, is going to get worse before it gets better. And the one thing we know about baseball is when teams get worse, they want to sell tickets. And what they want to sell tickets with is prospects that have high potential. So I could see um, Solace making an MLB run pretty quickly. I think his uh, time to time to play TTP is uh, is pretty is pretty good in terms of a in terms of an investment. Yeah, and because and because of that, if you're paying attention, I'm a Brewers fan. Uh, um, the Brewers are just imploding. Uh, we lost Council to the Cubs. Um, we just let Woodruff walk. We gave for him his nothing, walking papers for nothing, for absolutely nothing. Um, we are imploding, and this Arnold fellow that's running the club, his thoughts are that we are going to build um, with our youth. So Churio is all but almost guaranteed to make the club coming out of spring training, as is um, a few of the other. I think Tyler Black has a very good chance of making the team as either the starting first baseman or third baseman. So there, there are some good plays to be had with some brewers as uh, they are imploding and they are going to call up all kinds of uh, prospects early in the year. Who is better angry brewers fan, Chad or angry customer, Chad? They're both really good or angry bucks fan, Chad. Yeah, uh, multiple choice question. I say D all of it the must above. be cold in Milwaukee already because Chad is just on one. Yep. Chad, who are you <laughs> selling, man? Uh selling Sam Howell, um optic rookie PSA 10. The last 14 days, it's up 228%. I do not believe in the Washington team or Sam Howell. If you bought in and, and you can make 228%, bye-bye, Sam Howell. Uh, 2019 Quinn Hughes, Upper Deck Young Guns, uh, PSA 10. If you've noticed the last couple of weeks, I've included hockey. That's because we are in hockey season. Um, and I do dabble, although I don't like hockey, I do dabble in hockey cards. Uh, Quinn Hughes, Young Guns is up 141%. Bye-bye, Quinn. Um, it's CD hilarious Lamb. to me that you're like, I don't even like hockey. Like I don't. Just, I hate hockey. And then Connor hockey, looks like I, a hockey player. No right one's now. making more hockey plays than Chad right now, and he hates hockey. It's a, I it's hate, hate it. sports cards, man. I hate hockey, but to Paul's, to Paul's, uh, your oh, bathroom Paul's, is literally an ice cream right now. I love money. I love money. So, uh, CD Lamb, Optic Hollow in the last thirty days up one hundred and seventy, uh, up one hundred and seven percent. Anytime you see spikes in cards, whether it's a seven-day spike or a 30-day spike, if you see that spike and it goes over 100%, get rid of that card, um, sell high, buy low. And, uh, yeah, so on that, I got to run. Hope everybody has a great week. Um, I don't know if anybody was paying attention, but I threw a couple nicknames in my comments uh, for Connor. Uh, I like Unicon because he's one of a kind. Unicon, that's great. Unicon, I like it a lot. Well done, well, Chad. Great make sure when you when you put it when you put it into the uh, Discord, make sure Unicon's one of the choices. That's my vote. So, okay, Chad, we'll see you soon. Thanks again. We're gonna keep it rolling. Take care, everybody. All right, uh, Lefty, who you uh, who you selling, man? <laughs> I tell you, who I'm buying. I'm buying more Doctor Crack. Good <laughs> lord, yep. that guy just.
if you listen to this show i was telling you about the the thing he did with gary i mean the dude goes on for like hours about all the basketball cards he's buying and i'm just like holy crap that is a lot of basketball cards gary asked him for like a few flyers and it's like a year's worth of of content for the buys of the week from chad love it so love that guy um i'm selling dtr um as he got a big win against the steelers yesterday so take that mr paul hickey um a big win browns somehow have a terrible team and somehow we are second in this division i look back a couple years ago and i'm like this team has been better and lost less games i don't understand or and lost more games i don't understand what what's going on this defense is killer but DTR is an absolute sell. Um, I am also going to sell anybody on the bills that you want to invest in. They, they played well last night, but I do not believe in this team. And I think I am sensing there's some digs drama going on. You have uh, Steph, Steph on doing some things. And then uh, Diggs' brother is also posting a ton on social media about how Diggs is needs the rock more. And I just think, there's just some problems in the Bills territory. I'm selling the Bills now while you can because I think it gets worse. If I'm looking at my little crystal ball, I'm thinking it gets worse. Now, here's uh, some actual data I'm going to bring forward. In September 1st or September 2nd, the week of that, the Monday of that week, I advised that we should be buying Max Verstappen Tops Chrome cards. And Paul, you were like, yeah, I think we should wait till December. And I'm like, I, I hear you. And I think we should buy Max in December. But I think we've got some run here that is uh, that is doable. And so I ended up following my own um, advice here. And I just want to I'm going to share this chart real quick. Um, Freaking. Lefty, don't get distracted by the graphics on the screen. Just articulate because most people are listening anyway. Okay, that's true. So I, I told to buy in between 827 and September 2nd. So like right in this window where it was a pretty big dip. And then we saw a big rise later in that it was up a lot of money. I think I ended up paying around this 170 mark. So I was like right in here. So the card right now is at 181. He just won the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Next week is the last race of the year. And I believe we will see a little bit of a rise here when they give him the final championship. And when uh, when uh, Red Bull like gets their, their big trophy, of course, he's already wrapped it up. But when they do the ceremony for Max Verstappen winning, um, I think we will see back up to a, this level of a rise, back up to the $250 range. And so that's a nice... 50 to $70 flip, depending on how many fees you had. Uh, and then I do think there's a good opportunity going forward. So what I'm saying is this is a sell because I believe this marker, even though it is a percentage higher than what we bought it for, I believe we will see it go up in the 200, $250 range. All right. Yeah. I mean, he's up over the last seven days. So props to you for um, bringing that up to the audience. I think it's a great play. And yeah, I mean, I think that uh, we probably will see it go back down, you know, Chad's pointed out a lot about uh, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, there's a huge dip in sports card prices everywhere. So I'm licking my chops for that time period to get into buying some stuff. So if you can liquidate somebody who's up now, like Verstappen, that's great. Good, good work there. All right. So I'm selling, there's three Ronald Acuna 
junior cards that went up pretty big when he was announced as the NL MVP. Um, and they were all high pop cards. So Connor and I did a sell alert on that and you can text sports cards to one 992 5727 to get those sell alerts. And I thought it was, I thought a sell alert was warranted because, you know, pop 5,500 pop 3,200. We're talking about his 2018 uh, base PSA tens rookie debut and the base. And so those just aren't cards that are going to go up very often, especially this time of year. So if you can liquidate those cards at a profit right before buying season here that we're talking about, I think that's a good sell. And they're just, I mean, if you're holding bigger Acuna cards, I'm not necessarily saying sell those because if you've got uh gem mint, you know, uh, Bowman Chrome first autos and stuff. You know, I don't know that you sell those now with this marker. It's not a huge marker, but to see base cards like that going up with a marker like this, I think it's time to sell. Um, one thing I want to point out to everybody, and again, I want to give props to Andy at footballcardquest.com and football card quest pod because he and his co-hosts basically reminded me in their content that all mosaic 2023 football product is pretty much about to be obsolete with the releases of Don Russ prism absolute origins. They're all scheduled to hit the market in the next month to two months. Even Don Russ, I think is scheduled to hit the market in a couple of weeks. So you've got to sell all of your mosaic 2023 football product. Now, whether it's still sealed wax or whether it's singles um, guys like DTR are in that, that lefty's selling. He's on my list to sell right now too. Lefty and I vehemently disagree on CJ Stroud. I think you've got to sell all CJ Stroud 2023 mosaic football product. Not that I don't like CJ Stroud. That's not the point. The point is that when Don Russ and Prism come out in December, all of the CJ Stroud product that exists on the market right now takes a dip because there's new interest in the new cards. People want the new cards. It's just supply and demand. There's just more supply of CJ Stroud cards that are coming out, thus decreasing the demand for the cards that are already on the market because there's more, more demand for the new cards, more supply. So I would, I would definitely liquidate the CJ Strouds, the Tank Dell, who I mentioned earlier in the show, all of those rookies that are in the 2023 Mosaic product. Um, a couple other riskier calls here. I think um, I'm going to experiment a little bit and put my thesis to the test that seven to 10 day auctions when timed correctly will win if you bought the card at the right time. So a few weeks ago, I said I was buying Justin Fields optic PSA 10s um, for below market value because he was injured. Andy Kaysen agreed with me that that was a good buy. I I think I'm going to list both of those cards later tonight at the end of Monday Night Football tonight so that they end at the end of Monday Night Football next week when Justin Fields plays on Monday Night Football against the Minnesota Vikings. So I'm going to put my theory to the test and then I'll report back to you guys to see how that goes. Justin Fields just isn't a guy that I really want to hold very much longer. So I'm going to put a little quick Really, really quick flip to the test and report back to you guys on that. Speaking of quick flips, things that could be interesting to look to sell this week. You've got Chase Young playing on Thursday, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there, by the way. And you've got Aiden Hutchinson playing on Thanksgiving. So there's not a whole lot of 
interest in defensive players very often, but these guys are top-tier defensive ends that get to the quarterback. I think that there could be a rise in the market for players like this, but I think that if you've been holding them or if you bought them in the offseason, a great selling market could be none other than Thanksgiving Day when everyone in the world is sitting around watching these two defensive ends rush the quarterback. So I think that that could be a good, those two guys, I'm just putting you on alert. And they, they do do a good job of, of highlighting um, defensive players for the Turkey Award. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically defensive players never get post-game interviews. And I could see both of those guys being post-game interviews. I think that's a, that's a deep cut call. I love that. Thanks, man. And Ziggy No in the house. Good to see you uh, agrees on dumping Mosaic. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I think, too, that it's not necessarily that Don Russ is something that I would buy into. I just, I'm just i glad, Ziggy, you brought that up because I, I would fade. I've said this in some of our other content, but I want to reiterate it. I would fade every, for the purposes of making money flipping sports cards, I would fade every new release for these 2023 NFL rookies until at least six to eight months after all of their rookie cards have been out on the market because, you know, optic, I don't think comes out typically until the, around the beginning of next season, unless they've improved the timing of the release calendar. And so you've got like, we're a long way away from us. I think really going out there and telling you to buy CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson or Bryce young or whoever rookie cards uh, as an investment, I know Lefty. Lefty disagrees with the C.J. Stroud tops. Now, maybe we'll do a little. Uh, we we could do another one on one debate about that some other time. But uh, that's who I'm selling. Connor, time to get into the audience, man. We've got a lot of audience Q and A here, uh, so you and I are going to go for as long as it takes. Lefty, you're more than welcome to join us. We would love to have you. Uh, but if you do need to drop off, we understand. So, Connor, let's get into it, man. Yeah, let's. Um, one thing that I did want to say before we hop into these, uh, well, a couple things really. First of all, you guys have been awesome in the live chat today. Uh, thank you guys for for tuning in. I've had a blast with some of the sidebars going on in here. So uh, keep up the good questions and keep up staying active in there for us. Um, another thing, uh, if for some reason we don't get to your questions today, one, leave a YouTube comment, and two, uh, go check out nooffseason.com and look at getting a premium membership. We got a free 30-day trial there. Um, and it's unlimited advice from us. So uh, if you have tons of questions that you need all answered, uh, definitely look to go check that out and get involved at nooffseason.com. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump right into things. Uh, we're going to try and go a little bit in chronological order uh, while saying grouped here. Uh, so we're going to start off with David Sander. What do we think about Scotty Barnes? Um, I'm curious to see. We touched on him a little bit uh, in the most recent Overflow show, but I'm curious to see where y'all's heads are at. Uh, because we're focusing on just one card. So, uh, Scotty Barnes market, Paul, how you feeling? It's not something I would recommend doing to buy into basketball cards during basketball season like this. I mean, he's, his cards are up a lot. Um, via Mark, like I'm looking at marketmoversapp.com. You can, you can save 20% for life using the promo code. No off season. Scotty Barnes, his cards are just up like a lot. And I, I just don't believe it's the right time to buy Scotty Barnes. He could be the right player, and you could definitely find some of the right cards, but it's just not the right time to buy in. I mean, I think that there's a lot of expectations around him. He's a great player. There's a lot of – it's not that there's – it's not that there aren't markers. It's just that I think the timing's a little bit off, and I think that you're – so because of that, you're risking overpaying for Scotty Barnes. Thus, even if you're confident in a marker, 
you're looking at a break even. You got to buy him at the right time. Now is not the right time to buy Scotty Barnes. I love it. Yeah. So in summary, it's really could potentially be right player, just not right time. Um, I'm big on Scotty Barnes long term, I think, as in terms of future in the league. Uh, Lefty, where are you feeling on Scotty? First off, I think his optic, uh, it looks like a doofus in the card. So I always think like when you look like a doofus in your card, that hurts your your card market. I have no data on that, just convinced. Uh, and so uh, Scotty Barnes for me is the right player, wrong team. I think Scotty Barnes needs to change markets if he's going to be a player that is investability long term. See, look at this. I mean, just a doofus. It's hard. It looks like he's never held a basketball. I know. Frick. Like, I mean, look at the select card is so much cooler of an image. And I mean, honestly, the prism card looks good too. But anyway, wrong, right player, wrong card or wrong team for me. Good stuff there. Good stuff there. I think uh, all of us are in pretty good agreement on Scotty Barnes. Up next, uh, we're going to talk a little bit of baseball. Mark D in the house. Uh, Mark, we appreciate you being in here always. Uh, What are all of your recommendations on selling? PSA nines of James Wood and Jackson Trio. It looks like right now he'd be lucky to get $20 per. Uh, should he hold and let the call up float these as well? Uh, or look to get them moved right now. Lefty, what are you thinking on PSA nines um, of these top prospects? Oh, man, I am not the right person to ask this question because I don't hold any uh, PSA nines. When they come back to me in a PSA nine, I literally sell them as soon as I get them. Uh, and I don't think that's like the, the best move. I just don't like looking at them. Um, and so, but I do think in terms to answer this question, long-term, uh, you, you will see a, a rise more than $20 for a PSA nine of James Wood and Jackson trio when they get called up. So I'm with lefty. I sell my PSA nines right away and I sell them for around the same amount, like 20 bucks. So I, it's just a preference. Like I'd rather have the 20 bucks. I think that's where lefty's coming from too. Yep. Cool. Good stuff there. Uh, Craig's Cards 11 says, anyone else get in on the Bowman Draft Baseball pre-order? We touched on this just a little bit in our, our group message, but um, Paul, did you were you able to get in or you lefty? I So personally for me, it's way expensive to get in on draft. Um, and I think it's an awesome investment. It's just not, I didn't have any, uh, not that much liquidity. So I tried to get one box on the pre-order and did not get in the allocation. I'll say this for you high rollers out there. This is a great place to put your money. Great place to put your money. If you can afford it. Um, and Chad, don't rip it. Yeah. Okay. So there's one, there's one play, right? One play is don't rip it. Another play is like, I know Chad said, I think on his Wednesday show with Connor um, that he's, this is a release that he's ripped and made money on consistently in the past because there's so many, this is like the Chronicles for high rollers, right? It's like when you open a box of Chronicles, it's like all rookies and you're so excited. You're like, oh my God, it's like the, all the best rookies. But Bowman Draft is like all, all rookies, all firsts. You've got, you've got parallels, you've got autos. You've got, and so that's why it's expensive, but it's worth the money. And this year's uh, draft class, Lefty's already talked a lot about it, but I mean, it is, you know, it, it's definitely going to be worth the price of admission to get into this year's draft class. I mean, my strategy here is I've been holding my bankroll really for two reasons. One, because I do believe that the prices will continue to dip after Thanksgiving uh, everywhere, right? So there's there's players in all sports I want to buy, but then also because of this Bowman draft release coming up. So I'm glad, I'm glad that the question was asked. Thanks, Craig. 
um, because it made me, it reminded me to tell the audience like, yeah, I'm, but it's because I want to, I want to try to buy some singles. Like I want to, I want to try to buy some singles because this is one lefty and I talk about like a, a guideline being like, don't buy wax when it first comes out. I would say Bowman draft is the exception to that. Would you agree lefty? I think this, this only rises until the guys get called up. There is a ridiculous amount of hype that happens in like January, February for these boxes. Like people are, it's like, it's like crack, man. Like people just can't get enough of it. They open one and they're like, I got to have another one. I got to have another one. And then if you're the one holding five or six boxes of Bowman draft wax, you're fixing to make bank. And so like, if I could invest in only one wax product out there and I don't, we don't, we don't recommend that. Like we don't do this, but I'm saying if you were to ask me what's one recommended product that you would invest in for wax, I would just be sitting on Bowman draft piles of Bowman draft boxes. Yep. Cool. Good stuff there, boys. Uh, let's go. Let's roll back real quick to the to the uh, PSA nine question for the prospects. You, both of you said uh, you would get them moved as you do not hold nines. Shane Graham brought up a good point, uh, in my opinion, that I want to challenge you guys with a little bit. He says, guys, if there would be a big spike in call up. Why sell them now instead of waiting for the call up to see if you can get a little bit more value? I'll say, so first of all, I do need to clarify, like if it's an auto or if it's a serial numbered parallel, I'm not going to necessarily just sell it right away. But if it's a base Chrome first nine, the reality is that the upside even upon call up is not going to be that great so while the the tens will go up of the base chrome first the nines should go up too but it's going to be like very very minimal rise and so the reason why i'm looking at like i could have 20 bucks now versus like 25 or 30 bucks later it's just simply i want the cash flow now i don't want to have that because it can make a difference if you're holding like five to 10 nines, like that adds up to significant cash flow immediately that you can put into something else or that you can take out of sports cards. Like if you want to take that out of sports cards and use it to pay a utility bill or use it to buy, you know, something for your home or whatever, or a, a gift, a birthday gift for a friend, like those things do add up. And so that's the reason why I like, I like to take it out. I like to kind of consider it a wash, take it back out, sometimes take it out of cards, sometimes put it back into other cards versus just like waiting for another marker to sell it. When I know that I'm typically I'm holding tens. So I'm then excited to sell my tens and it's, and that's my answer lefty. I don't know if you have anything to add. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, Plus I also want to put an additional mark, an additional fact in here. When they do get called up, there are a lot of smart investors that are going to flood eBay with PSA 10s of that card. And so people are going to be just buying that 10 like crazy. Thus, I think the 10 will be so accessible, the 9 won't have very much market either. So not only will it not have much of a rise, but I think the availability of purchasing a 10 will be so great that people won't scoop for a 9. Um, and so I, I just, it's not something that I'm willing to invest in. Plus I have to think about what is my time invested versus money back, you know, like (laughs) Rusty just absolutely. For those of you listening, 
We apologize. Oh my god! I can't. Guard just absolutely put something phenomenal into the chat, and we're all laughing, and it threw Lefty off. So. Dave Paul is like the, the Dave Ramsey. Ramsey of cards. I think that's a great that's a great analogy. I am so happy that you said that. I like let's let's leave political views aside for a second. But being called the Dave Ramsey of cards in a vacuum about the financial side, I am the Dave Ramsey of cards. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Rusty, you nailed it, brother. You nailed it. I love it. I have, I absolutely love that. I will own that. I will absolutely own that. As long as we can just be in a financial vacuum and not talk about the politics side, I, I'm Dave Ramsey of cards, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> Lefty's so good. That chance Lefty's going to remember what he was talking about. I actually so. do remember what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is like, I think our time is valuable. And I, me and Paul both, I mean, all of us love to be with our families, right? This is something that we do on the margin. We love making money, but we all have a, we all are family men. And I just know that every nine I have on eBay is another 10, 20, 30 minutes. I'm going to have to be packaging something. And I'd rather have $20 now that I could be putting back into sports cards and not have to worry about shipping a nine out when I could be shipping out all these other sick cards in March. I just, to me, not interested in it. When I just look at all the things, I'm like, cool, if I could make $5 now, $5 in six months, or I can have $20 now. Like, I'm just giving the $20 now, you know. I can grow that $20 way more than $5 in the next eight months. The shipping is such a good point, Lefty. I'm so happy you brought that up because, like, we don't, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna go over two hours on this show. I'm just that's what's gonna happen, which is great. So, uh, thank you everybody for sticking with us. Um, and by the way, like live chat, we've got people that are st stuck the whole way through this. Like, we haven't even lost any numbers. So, um, appreciate everybody sticking sticking with us here. But Lefty, such a great point about the shipping, dude. Like when you when you're shipping cards, it 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 takes time. It's like you're, you know, you're working on it. And so uh we want everybody to know that, you know, Connor's made some good points on the deep dive where he's like, I'd rather have one card, you know, than than these 20 cards. And like, and it it it's your time. Your time's valuable. So I love that point. I think those are phenomenal answers uh, from both of you guys. We're going to stick in the baseball realm for a minute here. Uh, Lefty, directly for you from projectile dysfunction. Uh, how much are these NPB packs that you guys are finding costing? So the, what I am finding is I've, it's a weird looking product, but basically it's where somebody has bought a bunch of packs and repackaged them. And it's literally labeled baseball card, baseball card. And it is, uh, a package of MPB, and then there's another package of either uh, Tops, Tops Chrome UK or Gypsy Queen with it. Which I mean, I don't really care about that. And they are seven ninety nine. And these are on eBay. These are online somewhere, like in a. No, they're Walgreens. They're at Walgreens called Baseball Card. Baseball card. No chance that that's the relabel that they chose to roll with. And the lefty found that is in, and is investing in it. Uh, my when boy you, is undercover. I was in Chicago with my son on a boys trip when I was listening to the podcast that I missed where lefty went Yamamoto hunting at Walgreens. And there's like 80 million Walgreens in downtown Chicago. And I'm like, sorry, sorry, Max, we got to, we got to, 
go into all the Walgreens. Didn't Did find, you find any? Oh, okay. Didn't find any, but I figured it'd be a good place to try. Um, so John Raymond on Instagram asked, do you think that buying 2021 Topps Chrome NPB boxes for Yoshinobu Yamamoto is a good investment idea? So lefty, do you think it's a good investment idea? Can you say it again? I got lost. Buying 2021 Topps Chrome NPB boxes is a good investment idea. 20. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, Roki Sasaki and him are going to be good stars here in the States. It's soon. I mean, Yamamoto is going to be here in months. Uh, and then Sasaki's coming after him. And I think that the Japanese game is just ever growing. I think that is, that could be a good play. Yeah. All right. So let pause. Um, I'm going to look one up right now. NPB uh, box. probably so expensive right now but that's what i want to try to get to so you got to buy a box to get a box i could get a box right now factory sealed hobby box for 260 dollars there's also one for 200 so 200 is one 225 uh 260 these are all obo 230 so lefty let's just say how many cards are in there Let's assume I'm gonna look that up for here for a second. Let's assume that that's say two hundred dollars, right? Uh, this is all in Japanese. It does not say how many. It probably says how many cards in ja, in the language of Japanese, but I don't speak Japanese or read it, so I can't tell you how many cards are in it. But uh, maybe in the description here. Nope. Anyway, hobby box. Like it looks like a regular Topps Chrome hobby box. So, however, I would assume however many are in. But there's one seller here that's selling eight. 48 uh, packs. Okay. So I I opened eleven. Me and my friend Ivan, we opened um eleven. <laughs> we opened eleven different packs, and I got one Yamamoto Chrome out of it. So. A Yamamoto Chrome is selling between anywhere right now. There's a lot of variance between $45 and $75, and I think that might double. It seems like a bad investment. It seems like you should just go buy the singles. We yeah. also should clarify that there are not 48 packs included. Luke was trolling. So we do not know the the, the factual answer to that question there. <laughs> okay. But um, Dave, Does Dave Ramsey speak Japanese by any chance? Maybe we could get him, get him on the show and ask him to... See if it's a good. I don't think it's a good. I'm just going to say I don't think it's a good investment. I don't think ripping wax is a good investment. If you're looking for two players in this, you could go. You could just go buy a Yamamoto. Like I looked at the prices of the Yamamoto singles out of this and they're less than two hundred dollars. I would just if you're going to spend two hundred dollars on a hobby box, you're gambling to try to get two of them. Lefty opened 11 packs, got one. You could get lucky, but you could also get zero Yamamoto's. True. Could be I fun. I, I like the Anna, Yamamoto what would you do? play. I like the Yamamoto play, but I would just go buy one off eBay, right? Instead of, I'm not someone that wants to take any sort of chance of not getting what I want. I'm a, yeah, I'm a too. spoiled little brat with what I want, right? I'm so, the Dave Ramsey I'm, of sports cards, so there's no way yeah. in hell that I'm buying. I want to know how many I'd, packs are in there because if it's two hundred and something dollars, I can just go and buy a ton of these packs from Walmart and just say. Resell. Here's enough packs. 
I just think I think Lefty's putting us in a good direction with Yamamoto with the markers that Lefty we have. Lefty trying to pump and dump the packs? Is he trying to go? I think Lefty might be trying to screw us all, and he's just trying to go swoop up all the baseball card at Walmart, and then I'm, just I've been going. googling uh, the Walgreens thing just to try to find like the just the package of it that I end up buying. Phenomenal. I think I know what you're buying, actually. Yeah, maybe it, they do, maybe they do have. Are you buying like the repacks? Would that have packs inside of them? Yes. Oh my, that's what he's doing, everybody. The Walmart re, or the Walgreens repacks. They're at my Walgreens. I'm going. I'm going to walk well, up there. Oh, but, 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 but. Hey, hey, hey! Don't just buy the ones that say Baseball Collector Edge or whatever. Yeah, These, that's the, the, one they have. the ones I'm talking about. They literally have a clear thing in the front, and you can see the MPB pack in it. Oh, okay. I don't have those. Never mind. I'm not buying them. All right. Good, good questions. Everybody related to the, I love that whenever we talk about something that nobody else is talking about, our entire audience just wants to know everything about it. That's what I love about the no off. What aisle, what aisle is it on? Yeah, what aisle is it on? Okay. Connor, back to you. Frankie. Back let's to head you. Over to, let's head over to Rusty. So I know Lefty and Doc refer to sticking to the top four prospects on the baseball list. Um, more in an effort to just maximize those profits for the investment that you're putting in. But just how far down can you go in the way of first autos? Lefty, I'll let you get on this and then Paul, whatever feedback you get. Um, I mean, I would. The reason I have top 50 prospects is I think all 50 of those dudes, you will make money on their first autos. That's why we have them. There. So there's not like a threshold later in the list of saying, like, oh, if you buy, you know, number 28. You should buy be buying a specific car to these. If you literally like if you don't have to complicate it, you don't even have to listen to a ton of our show to know that, like, if you are have very little time on your hands, go to the list and just buy a Bowman first Chrome of every one of those dudes. You will make money in the next year. And like that's that's putting a lot of pressure on me, but I, that's how much I believe in that strategy. Of those 50 dudes, now some not all of them are going to be big wins, but you are going to make some incredible wins off. Now, some of them are worth four hundred dollars currently, some of them are worth you know twenty-five. But I think if you go out and you buy a Bowman Chrome auto of every single one of those players in six to twelve months, you will have green in your bankroll. Yep, I totally agree. That's what we're here for. I love that answer. I love it. Um, let's stick with, we're going to keep rolling with the baseball for a minute. Brian Steeler, 714. He's buying Juan Soto. Says he's going to be a Yankee. What do you think? What do you guys think on buying Juan Soto right now with hopes of a, a trade being a good sell marker? You want to answer this one first? Um, I mean, it could be the right time for the right player with the marker. I mean, I I don't this isn't my wheelhouse. I don't buy base I don't buy active major league baseball players if they're not named Shohei Otani. Like that's my my guideline like I'm writing out all the guidelines for sports card school right now or and like Cruz. Yeah, O'Neill okay, thank you. O'Neill Cruz since you brought that one up on this show, I like that. Um but but could Soto be added to that list? Brian Steeler 714 is definitely one of our more astute uh, listeners, especially when it comes to baseball cards, when you have a marker, I like this marker. I mean, if he's going to be a Yankee and you have a marker and you can buy him at the right time, go buy the right card. This could be a play. So I, I sign off on it. What do you think, Lefty? I like the play. I think it would. Vi I think there's like 
over a 75% chance that the Padres move him. And there's over a 75% chance of that 75% chance that it's to the Yankees. Okay. So, um, and I think that Juan Soto will destroy baseballs in that ballpark. Um, I think he had a down year. I think we looked at him being on a, a tough team. You know, we he had a lot of expectations. I think there's a great ball player still in there, and he's all still super young. Um, I actually think that this is a great play. Um, there, it's a great play whether he is a Yankee or not, because I think his market is down pretty significantly. I mean, I would have to I would have to affirm that with some charts, but um, I'm pretty sure that last time I looked, Juan Soto cards are pretty cheap in comparison to where they used to be. If this dude goes to the Yankees, there's no question this is an amazing play. So I like it too. And I got to call out Iowa Dave. So at Iowa Dave on Instagram, he hosts a phenomenal show called The Shallow End. And you can find it on the Wolfpack Sports Card Network. Um, And I was a guest on his show. And he said he had a Juan Soto problem. Now I think maybe his Juan Soto problem solved, Iowa Dave. This could be a play. Maybe you should go Buy, follow Brian Steeler 714 go buy some of the right Juan Soto cards and then sell when he gets to become a Yankee and then reinvest those funds into your PC because I know Iowa Dave's a big a big uh, personal collector don't so, go crazy though with the Soto play because it's still a marginal play that we would need him being moved before there's a sell marker yeah we would need to know we would need to know that that's going to happen. And like he could get moved if he doesn't get moved to the Yankees or a similar market size of a team. I don't know that it's a play. I, I do think it's like, I agree. I think it's a marginal play. There's not, there's not a ton of upside here, but there is some upside. And Brian Steeler 714, that's his sport. Baseball's his sport. So yeah, I like the play. Go all in. For what it's worth, this is what they look like. Oh, the the back to the Walgreens thing. Yeah, back to the Walgreens thing. I can't find Wal- the actual Walgreens one. needs to sponsor our show because I think we're driving probably more <laughs> retail foot traffic into a Walgreens than ever before. We need a sales absolutely. team. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, still rolling with baseball uh, from Power Bros Collect. They're trying to keep their focus very narrow uh, within our rankings, even taking just individual players rather than looking at maybe building. Uh, off a bunch of them. So he says, trying to keep it narrow. More James Wood first autos or Cheerio first autos, which has more upside. Oh, freak. James um, Wood first autos or Cheerio first autos, which has more upside. This is tough, Lefty. I, yeah, I, it is. I feel like they're equal. So if this were, what, six months ago, I was, I mean, in June and July, my for sure answer was Cheerio, like for sure. But the hype has like, it's gone. There's zero Cheerio hype right now. Is the Cheerio hype going to come back, Lefty? Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, there's no James Wood hype right now either, you know, to be fair. Uh, and there, there's barely any Jackson Holiday hype right now because baseball is just asleep. I mean, it's all, I mean, we are literally a week away from buying, from buying season for baseball. So that's why I think everybody here needs to just prepare their prepare their wallets to go nuts with some Bowman Chrome autos because as soon as draft starts getting talked about, as soon as those first releases are coming out, I'm literally going to say, "Great, Wyatt Langford is is exact is who I'm investing in out of the 2024 product." But literally, I'm just going to go down to 23 and 22 and 21 and look at guys I wanted to buy into, and then bang, 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 kill those. So, but what I would say is. 
that James Wood is a cheaper price point and probably the same amount of star potential, but Churio's name is going to go further, I think. But his but he, but he's a more expensive buy-in. This kind of seems like a gauntlet. It does. I'm going to go Churio. You know, Churio's been my guy since the beginning, and I'm going to stick with him. I'm going to go Churio just because I like the Brewers franchise better than the Nationals, and I just feel like the Nationals are going to screw up James Wood somehow. Yep. Okay. I also think it's worth noting that Churio's advanced hitting stats prove that he's more likely to be consistent at the plate in terms of putting the bat on the ball. And also um, something to consider is what your window for flipping is, right? Because then you can look at when – the call-ups, rumors of the call-ups are coming up and when things are happening there. So, um, When do I cut him off, Paul? Like, Connor's talking about advances. the same thing. I, oh, my Lord. Who is this man? If you are if you know us, if you're a member of the NoOffSeason.com fam, you're probably, like, falling out of your chair just like Lefty and I are right now. This is incredible. Just, it's a point to make, right? Because oh my god, if Connor had said WRC plus in that rant, I think I might have just ended the call. I just would have been, leave studio. I'm out. You guys don't need me anymore. You got a Connor better just, version of me and Connor, Con Air, or whatever. Need, he is the Unicon. That's it. That's it. I'm just, oh, I'm just Lord. saying, if people are that looking to make sick. the faster transition to for cash flow management. Whoever is going to be have more stability at the plate is more likely to get called up first. If we're and then you factor in the scenario of the organization, so you pick your card there. If we think that they're going to have similar upside in terms of growth, I told you, holy moly, where did you find this guy? I know, I told you why I wanted to hire him. Look at that win of the week right there. Gosh, that was incredible, Connor. Thanks, Lefty. Let's keep let's keep it moving though. Brian Steeler seven one four wants Lefty to talk about. Young Hu Lee. I don't know who Young Hu Lee is, boys. So uh, back to your regular scheduled program. Can I say something while Lefty's digesting this, all of this? Because I know he needs a minute. Yeah, Brian Steeler714 is a super chat customer. What that means is at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey, he has upgraded, he has joined that channel. So you can actually pay. And your 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 payment, you know, obviously helps us do what we do, but it also gives you access to premium content that other people don't have. So this is different than the premium membership at nooffseason.com. It's not as expensive. Um, but if you want to become a super chat customer, um, I would highly recommend that you do that because we do we will give you we give you extra stuff. It's basically a membership level in between uh, the free and the premium. So uh, check it out, youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. Thanks to Brian Steeler714 for being a super chat. Lefty, back to you. Jung-Hoo is a KBO um, player that is going to come over, um, and he's one of the top free agents in the 2024 free agency class. Um, I don't... Yeah, he's a standout KBO outfielder, one of the best hitters on the market, but I I don't know how I would invest in him right now. It seems a real it seems a lot like when Seiya Suzuki came over and he signed with the Cubs and there were some marginal cards that that rose in that moment. But um it's a play that I do like him. I think he will be a good player, but that's not 
what his sports cards are about. And so um, I have never looked into his sports cards. If he has them, then maybe it's a good idea. But I don't know. That's a little bit out of my water here. So that's a no. Sounds like a fade, yeah, generally speaking. Oh, he does have them. Um, he has 2023 Bowman World Baseball Classic. Wow. Uh, still a no. Still a no on Young Hu Lee. Um, another question for Lefty, and we're going to hop into to the other sports people, so hang tight for us. But um, from Luke Menkel, are there any other players from the NPB uh, 2021 Tops Chrome that are worth uh, pulling and are resellable for uh, those trying to pick up these packs from Walgreens that we're so heavily discussing? I will have to do more research on that. Uh, but I, there are a couple of guys that I like, but um, for instance, Roki's in there. Seiya is in there. There's some power hitters that are on that Japanese national team that um, that are in the product as well. Uh, there's actually some Americans in the product, which is kind of fun. Um, but uh, I will have to let you know on that. Good stuff, Lefty. Let's head over to Barry Siff. Um, this question was actually directed for Chad earlier in the show, but I'm curious to see if either of you have an opinion here um, or kind of know where you think Chad's head would be at. He said earlier in the show is recommended to buy uh, or suggested by Dr. Crack, 2023 Tops Chrome. Which one? Baseball value, update series value. Um, what are we thinking there, gentlemen? I think, okay, so I think I know where this is coming from. This is, Barry, I think this is an overflow show answer to someone's question about, like, what would be a fun rip for kids, maybe. At least this was my answer to that question, not necessarily as an investment. Um, but he's saying earlier in today's show, Crack mentioned this. I talked about 2023 Tops Chrome in, in today's show. Okay. Because that's where, that's where the MLB debut cards are coming from. There you go. Okay. Uh, but if, if you are going to make a fun rip for your kids, this one might be a fun rip with incredibly high upside. Of course, the idea of, that you're going to pull a one-on-one -on -one is pretty low. You know, like they make it seem way more obtainable than it really is. You know, yeah. like, don't forget, you're st have you ever pulled a super fractor ever in your life? Maybe not. You know, so like, don't expect the, you know, the MLB debut cards to be what you're going to pull in the Topps Chrome. But if you're already buying something for your kids, Topps Chrome 2023 with the idea that you could get one of those MLB debut cards is pretty cool. What's interesting about Chad is that ever since he left the show like an hour ago, there's been no problems at all with any kind of echo or feedback or anything like that. And we're all not muted. I mean, I just, I was going to say that like right after he left, but I mean, I think it, I think I need to fly to Fond du Lac, Wisconsin and Fond effing fix what? Chad's issues. And I'll bring him a new this mic. This guy too. keeps getting cooler. You know, like Chad. Yeah. He's yeah. got a, he knows a lot about baseball cards. He's cracking slabs. He's got all he's these flipping pop pigeons. He's flipping pigeons. pigeons. Now he lives in Fondue Lock. Yeah. Well, who is this guy? Like, is he on Shrek? He's got amazing, you know, kids that he brought to the national, and they're following Lefty around and trying to get baseball I, I knowledge did, from Lefty. I love that kid. Holy crap, that was awesome. Yeah, Chad's awesome, but his audio sucks. I think I'm gonna fly to Wisconsin, probably need to fly into like a bigger city and then and then figure out how to get the fondue lock and then fix his audio situation so i think we're good i think chad's the problem all right connor back to you 
Uh, we're going to stick with Barry real quick. Uh, I know he's wanted this specific question answered. Um, he says, favorite Facebook groups for current basketball, also football or baseball too. Uh, where are you guys sitting in the Facebook world in terms of, in terms of finding value in the groups? You are older than me, so go for that. You are older than me? I'm older. Yes, I'm older than you. Um, Barry, <laughs> I, Barry, I used to be in the – for the first year – I was in the hobby. I was in the Facebook group scene. And I got to be honest with you, man, just not efficient for my time. I, as much as I, I, I will say this, I met a lot of great people, forged a lot of great relationships, had a positive experience in Facebook groups, um, had a very, very negative experience on Reddit. Um, I have not been in any face active in any Facebook groups in like two years. So I apologize, but I've got nothing for you on this one, my man. I'm eBay all the way these days because it's just efficient for my time. So I'm probably not getting the best prices because I'm going directly to eBay and I'm not going into Facebook groups trying to figure stuff out. But uh, let's let's bookmark this one, Connor, and maybe try to... Let's get him something on the over... Barry's a premium member. Connor, do you mind just... Uh, I already have it us? now. Okay, good. So Barry, stay tuned for an overflow show. Sorry, yeah, we I think have Chad will have a lot more feedback on the Facebook Facebook groups. I think he's probably, yeah, I mean, it's Chad. He's in there one way or another. So we'll definitely get that answer for you uh, in more in depth on the Overflow show, Barry. Yep. Yep. Thanks, Barry. Up next, Dave Sander. What about the Cortland Sutton from Denver? I like this guy. I uh, just had a basically game, game one a touchdown last night. He's on my fantasy team uh, only because Olave had a bye and Justin Jefferson, you know, the Justin Jefferson scenario that's hurt me all year. But uh, what are we thinking on Cortland Sutton? Is this an investable player, guys? This is an Andy Case and quick flip potential situation that we should ask Andy about next week. So, David, come come back. Or if you can't make it to the live chat, we will ask Andy this. We'll ask Andy this on Monday, November 27th. And um, for those of you out in the audience, stay tuned. You can get you know where to get the show. Apple, Spotify, YouTube.com, slash Paul Hickey, nooffseason.com. My answer is is like I don't I don't make these plays. I just really don't. I just like they're too they're too dependent on player performance and the wide receiver. Like it's just not it's just very week to week. So to to buy Cortland Sutton after a, a performance spike like that to me is a is a recipe for at best a break even. Um, and he's not a household name, so you really don't have a huge audience uh potential market rather for this card for a Cortland Sutton card now like Andy would be somebody who would be able to say like well you could get a Cortland Sutton rookie ticket auto for x price and typically over the last you know 365 days there's these markers for Cortland Sutton so it's not a bad idea it's just it's not anywhere close to like a surefire play that I would that I would make if Chad were on the show he'd be like you're no fun Paul, you're the Dave Ramsey of sports cards. Get out of here. Maybe it could be fun. So if you want to have a little bit of fun and take a like a player prop bet, um, like Connor and Lefty do on their Wednesday deep dive, then that could be uh, potential for that. Well, it's if we're talking fun, definitely don't invest in Corton Sutton. He's his quarterback is Russell Midson. Like what a horrible franchise right now. Get the heck out of Denver if you're trying to have fun in sports cards. Sounds like we don't love it, David, but we love you. So keep the questions coming, man. And we'll ask Andy next week for sure. 
Up next, we've had a couple people mention Bo Nix uh, in the comments. One person asking, um, saying, hey, they're in our football rankings. Bo Nix is in our football rankings. Um, and someone in Justin Stewart here is Bo Nix. Is the Bo Nix selling point a Heisman possibility? Um, or is our marker waiting until he gets drafted? Paul, I'm curious to see what you have to say here because it looks like Nix is likely going to be a top three guy in the Heisman. So is, is there a marker there without him winning it where his cards go up? that people could capitalize on? There's a marker for the Heisman because his cards have been out on the market for so long and he's been he's been consistently performing well this season. And he's he's outperformed everyone's expectations of him this season. And I think the Ducks have too. I think what the real marker would be though is the college football playoffs. And if they win the national championship or if they win a game in the college football playoffs, I think that would be a bigger marker than the Heisman. And so now that I know that Pac-12 game is going to be sick too. Pac-12 game. Yeah, that's a good point. So that's actually another one to lefty's point. Um, That comes that would that come before the Heisman, right? So that game, it'll be that game. Then it'll be okay. So, I actually think that's the bigger... So, Lefty, thank you for saying that. I actually think that Pac-12 game is the bigger selling mark. Nix versus Penix Jr.? If they win that. If they win that... So, like, if they win that game and he and he has another performance like like he has, I would list it then in a 10-day in a auction. I would that's say the winner of that game wins the Heisman. Probably true. And we got Jordan Travis out of the mix now. So yeah, I think that the that the the interest is going to come from the winner of that game. And so the good news in cards, though, is that if Bo Nix falls flat on his face, I think you're looking at the NFL draft. So I think it's either a performance spike related to to those markers that we just talked about. My favorite one is that Pac-12 game that Lefty mentioned because then you're taking the risk out. You got just as much attention on that game as you would on the probably more than the Heisman announcement and then probably maybe even at the same amount as like a college football playoff first round. So I like that game. Left, I think Lefty nailed it. Good stuff, guys. Uh, real quick before we get to the next question, Michaela Miniman. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Michaela said, Hey guys, been listening to your show for months and finally made it to a live show. Uh, Michaela, we're pumped to have you at a live show. We appreciate the support um, in keeping up with our content there. So we hope you can uh, make it to many more live shows moving forward. Uh, Infinity Trader has. Hey, Connor, sorry, to- real quick, real quick. Michaela Miniman, MM Sports and, and Trading Cards on IG, had a question from IG with Burrow out for the season. There probably will. Probably will be a huge dip. When will be the best time to buy in? I kind of already hit on this earlier in the show, so I won't take up too much time with it. But I think like probably next week through the end of the playoffs, like I I think like Burroughs just shouldn't be talked about at all. And he should probably, unless he pulls a weird Aaron Rodgers and starts talking about himself, having a stupid comeback that's not going to happen, he won't be talked about at all. And then, that's going to be a great window. I, Joe Burrow is going to move up our foot. They're going to be a, there's going to be a lot of Joe Burrow content coming at nooffseason.com. So stay tuned for that, but in general Joe Burrow is going to be a great buy basically from now through the end of the Super Bowl, I believe. I think I think that when the Super Bowl is over, I think people are going to start 
getting hype about Joe buying Joe Burrow cards again due to like off season chatter starts. Left anything to add there? Joe Burrow was already one of my favorite investments. So now if I can buy him into it, I can buy in cheaper. Hell yeah. There you go. Good stuff. Infinity Trader uh, was all up in the comments looking for feedback on Prism Silver plays. Wants to know if we target Prism Silver's role uh, with hopes of them jamming into PSA 10s to try and increase value. Uh, is that a play that we make, guys? And if so, is that are we doing it often? What, what are we thinking on Prism Silver's trying to get them raw for hopes of a PSA 10? Um, I, I don't... I don't do prism silvers very often. Um, so if I'm going to buy a prism silver, it's already going to be in a PSA 10. Same. I'm, I think these it's, so it depends on the year and the player and everything. So infinity trader, the real answer is like identify the year and the player do research on the gem rate and then do the research that we do, which is look at what the card sells for raw, look at what it sells for in PSA 8, 9, and 10. And then if you are if you can afford to, to lose the money that you would lose it being at an 8 or a 9, um, then it could be a play, but it's super risky. It's super risky. So I'm with Lefty. I just buy, if I'm going to make a play on a Prism Silver, it's going to be an already graded PSA 10 especially for a quick flip. You can't quick, if you're saying send to PSA for a quick flip, that could be a little counterintuitive just be, not to like pick apart your words too much. I know what you're asking, but I think that like if like in general, you can risk it even being a quick flip, it, just depending on how backed up PSA gets. I think that's another reason to maybe just buy pre-graded. Yep. Hope that answers your question there, Infinity Trader. Up next, uh, we're going to stick with the, the grading conversation um and y'all can rag on me if i say this incorrectly but hangover sports cards um the general opinion of tag grading or tag grading i'm not sure which one it is i'll take this one my general it's opinion tag. is is that it's really it's really good i mean my general opinion is that it's already very well respected in the hobby among among hobbyists because its whole premise is that it's 100 uh non-human graded so that their their entire process is around a digital ai based computer generated based grading software that also gives like a full report on uh why cards are graded a particular way so i think from a pure hobbyist standpoint and like obvious i mean just this is this is uh totally subjective but i love their branding i think a lot of people love like how slick that their slabs look and just their whole brand i mean i'm a huge fan of their brand um if you walk by a tag display at a card show you know what i'm talking about and their experience in terms of like they will ship you a submission kit like P psa sgc cgc none none of them do that tag sends you a submission kit which is super cool um so i love tag um, but I think my, my problem with tag, because I'm in, I'm here to help you make money flipping sports cards. The reason we don't talk about tag is because, um, from a secondary market perspective, their slabs don't, they don't, their slabs don't necessarily increase the value of your card. So they don't necessarily help you make money with your card. And I think we've, we've pontificated on why that is. I think one reason is because they're new and there's not a lot of, they're, 
awareness about their slabs on the secondary market. But I think a bigger reason that Chad's brought up could be it's so hard to get a gem mint grade because of their grading process. And people just want gem mint grades. Like you're going to pay more on the secondary market for an, a, a pristine black label uh, B, BGS or a PSA 10 or an SGC gold label 10 or whatever. Like you're going to pay the premium for those. You're not going to pay like a premium for like a tag 7.5. Like that's just not going to, even though it might be accurate, you're just not going to do that, I don't think. So I think that's my that's my take, hangover sports cards. Love Love the question. Yeah, additional thoughts, Lefty? Nothing. That. I mean, he. My additional, my synopsis was going to be: I love their product, love their branding, love what they're doing, but I'm not sending my cards there because they don't sell well. Boom! Good stuff locked in uh, agreement. I love it. Janelle Shu just hopped back in the chat after getting out of a meeting. Uh, was surprised why we're we're still here. Still we're going strong, baby. Right Happy Thanksgiving, uh, Janelle. Happy Thanksgiving. She mentioned earlier in the show, Olympics coming really soon. Um, I can almost assure you that we're going to have some good content around uh, Olympic, Olympian prints. Uh, we actually already have a little bit of stuff that could potentially be rolling out um, in the near future that's that's been uh, chalked up. So, um, Paul, any early favorites on Olympics, Olympian athletes? In terms I of like prints? the... I like the... Potential Katie Ledecky SI for kids play because it's super cheap. You got time to get it graded. And she should be like a super featured athlete at the Olympics. We did a little, Connor and I did a little bit of research into some Simone Biles cards. So there's some opportunity there. I think it's a risk. You know, I don't know these waters as well as Lefty and I kind of know like the World Cup and. Um, you know, a lot of the other stuff we talk about on the show, but I think, uh, I think it's a good, I think it's, there's potential though. I mean, the Olympics are going to get a lot of eyeballs and stuff, but I think like from an individual athlete standpoint, I would look at individual athletes over like team stuff. And so that's why I kind of go straight to like Ledecky, like people know who she is. She could break some records. She could break some all time records. Um, she's going to get talked about a lot. She has a car. She only has one car. That's the other thing is she has one card. Um, and it's not super expensive. And if you buy it now, it should go up. So I think, I think it's Ledecky for me and I'm just going to keep it that simple. We've done the research on it and, and I think she's the one. Yeah. I think there are um, some, some super obscure people that we could be investing in, but Ledecky is who I would have recommended to. I think Dr. Crack will have a couple options for you guys trying to get freaky with the Olympian athletes. Dr. Of course, Dr. Crack probably have too. about a hundred Olympians that he could potentially. So just, He's probably he's got somebody that's on the freaking cross country snow or whatever. I don't even, honestly, I don't even know what Olympics this one is and which Bob events Gordon. are in it. So Connor knows about a skateboarder. He and I found a skateboarder too that from oh, she's like 15 or 16. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll have to, uh, we might, might be on a deep dive somewhere on that. Yeah. Stay tuned for that. Absolutely. Uh, there's a couple things starting here that I'm I'm missing my stream of consciousness because it's been two hours. So yeah, two if, I'm, if I'm missing some stuff here in terms of these questions or trying to uh, gather where they came from, feel free to step in. But Luke Mankel, I think this was a question for Lefty. It was a strategy that Lefty was talking about. Um, the only context I have is, could this improve the value of SGC or BGS graded cards in the future? It was one of the plays you were talking earlier in the show. So if either of you have a better recollection than I do. Uh, it was like a patch graded. I threw it in here. It, it had to do with like a patch. 
Um, because I think SGC and BGS, well, BGS I know has kind of been like known for like having the pat the slabs where the patches look good, and, and I think that's that's what it was. Um, or, so I, I mean, also Tops debut the white the the white or uh, what am I trying to say the uh, the white glove opportunity that Tops is giving you, they will immediately send it to SGC or BGS for free if you want. That's what. And, it was. But uh, there's another cool opportunity, which Golden Auctions got in there and said, don't send it to SGC or BGS because those don't sell well. And so Golden, the the guy who leads Golden said, I will personally pay your fee to send it to PSA if you send it to PSA and sell it on Golden Auctions for free Golden Auction uh, listings. And he'll send it to PSA on his dime. I think he wants those cards because he knows that they're one of one. Is it Ken Golden or somebody else that works for him? But okay, Luke, I think the answer is no. I don't. I don't think it. I threw it in there, Connor, because I don't. I think the answer is just. I don't think that any one thing is gonna improve the value of those slabs. But it is interesting. Good question. Good stuff, um, Paul. Uh, Chad Holmgren. Let's talk about him for a Come minute. Come on. I think he's looked great this year, um, and I'm excited. I'm so excited for the the future of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, buy, sell, or hold Chet right now. He said, uh, from Ziggy, no, I wait. I wanted to wait for spring to sell, but injuries concern me, and SGA and Chet are making highlight plays weekly. I'd argue nightly. Um, what are you thinking, Paul? I'm going to try not to get back on my soapbox of, like, the argument that we had with Chad over the last few weeks, but, like, and Ziggy, thank you for the question. I love you, brother, but, like, I said to buy Chet, like, months ago, months ago i said buy chet i gave specific cards one of them was a kaboom other ones were like much lower prices that at that time you had time to get graded and then now so like it depends the answer to your question ziggy is that it depends on the context if you if you listen to me and you bought chet a long time ago then you already know that i would have already said sell chet and you would have already made money um now chad would come in here and he would say this is like kind of the Tyrese Maxey discussion that we've had recently where like he kind of fit buy, sell and hold. You could make an argument for Chet to be a buy, sell and a hold. Um, so, but my answer is like, you should have bought Chet when I told you to buy Chet, which was months ago because you would have already made your money and you'd be moving on to other things. Not everybody wants to be the Dave Ramsey of sports cards. Some people like to have fun. So um, you might hear Lefty say, well, Chet's a great buy right now because I'm a Thunder fan and I think he's going to continue to rise and all that. I stuff. did not say that. You might, I said you might hear Lefty say that, um, but I think I've made my point. Lefty, over to you. What do you think? Chet Holmgren, buy, sell, hold. No, he's a sell right now. The dude just made a three-pointer fall away like to freaking come back and beat the Golden State Warriors two games in a row. Like, yes, he's a sell. Like, this guy is incredible and i love that he's on the thunder and i love that he's doing the things that we thought he would do but yeah he's not a buy right now for sure uh so don't even come at me with the fun argument that's right. chad's that's chad's thing okay good good stuff chad's gonna chad's to be bought back on a dip right paul he's someone that yeah. we're gonna want to invest in again yeah ziggy if you're holding chat and if you if you if you yeah, if you're holding Chet, you need to sell him. Like sell alert. We should probably send out a sell alert. Like, yeah, Cameron, last Cameron night the We've Thunder got- blew out the Blazers. They shot 60% and hit 14 for 14 free throws. 
Yep. So sell alert, Chet Holmgren, Ziggy, uh, to your question and to Connor's point, definitely a buyback in on a dip. I like Chet long-term. I think, I think Chet's a guy like, like Wembenyama and like others that we've talked about. You could, you could just be like, I only want to flip Chet Holmgren cards for the next five years. And you could make money just strictly buying at the right time. Like, like I said to a few months ago and then sell during these times that lefty's talking about. Love it. Thanks Ziggy. Up next power bros collect. We got a question for lefty McKee. Um, and I'm going to keep butchering these, these names. I apologize guys. Is the 2022 Bowman NPB psycho refractor uh, PSA 10 of Yamamoto, a good investment card picked up two at a hundred dollars, $150 each a few weeks back. Um, I think that this card is really cool. The Saiku Refractor. Um, I'll go ahead for those of you watching. I'll share my screen so you can see which uh, which card we're talking about here. But this Saiku Refractor here is really cool, um, and I do think it could be an investable card. I think at a one hundred and fifty dollars each. I think you can get them cheaper than that. Um, this was a buy it now for two forty seven, but I've seen some around one twenty. Um, uh, so I would 150, uh, power bros. I think that you might have spent a little much, but at the same time, I think you're going to make good money on this card in the future. It's a really cool card. All the gloom and doom content out there, about the sports card market is just ridiculous because people are making money on Saiku refractors right now. I mean, we're going into Walgreens and we're showing people how to make money. This is great. All right, Connor, what's next? Up next, we're putting Paul on blast. Adam says, is there anyone Let's that texts the whatnot messages? He's been waiting for a reply for several weeks, Paul. <laughs> Adam, Where's our feedback for Adam? I am so sorry, Adam. Um, Adam's either life is baseball or McLuhan. Because I just, I saw that come in and... I immediately replied, but that's, that's my so bad. I, that's totally my bad. I'm having trouble keeping up with everything. I, I have to say, I mean, whatnot is a whole other thing, right? I mean, we're on eBay. Um, we're on, you know, we obviously have a, the content network and we have the content that we're focused on. But in terms of like being a seller, to me, whatnot is like, um, I talk about eBay a lot. That's because I'm buying and selling there. And that's separate than the content that we're doing at nooffseason.com in terms of a business standpoint. But whatnot is kind of like this weird mix of both. And so the whole, it's new to me. And the, the, the messaging here, trying to keep up with IG, my email, all this stuff. And I'm not making excuses. I told this totally slipped through the cracks for me. So I apologize to Adam, but I just replied to all the um, unread and unreplied to whatnot comments when I saw Adam's question. So thanks for sticking with me. We're going to make it right. Definitely made a mistake there, not getting to you quick enough, Adam. So I apologize. Uh, Sorry, let, to do you like that? I, Paul? Can we close the book on this a little bit, Paul? Like, or maybe not close the book, but I I want to read further in the book. Let's put it this way. Sure. Yeah, dive in here. What's now that we've done whatnot one time? What is your full experience from start to finish as a seller? How how did you feel? Great question. And I actually had a call with uh had a call with one of our good friends who work who uh work at whatnot uh Friday about this and gave her some feedback. As a seller, I thought it was a great experience. I thought um there was a lot of people in our live room that we got a lot of bids, we sold a lot of cards, we made money on our cards. I think it was because we 
we had relevancy to the audience. We didn't waste their time. Um, we sold relevant singles. We sold the right cards at the right time for the right player. Um, we had a lot of fun. And in terms of like, just as a whatnot seller, I thought whatnot does it. I thought whatnot has a great uh, platform. So I really enjoy their app, their web app. I enjoyed um, how that, you know, we got paid out. We shipped the cards out. Like, it, you know, we, we pr you could print the labels from there just like you can on eBay. So it's, it's really like a, a live auction version of eBay. I mean, and it really functions well. I, so I really liked it. I think with a challenge for me that I shared with them as a content creator is that for us as a business to be successful on whatnot, we have to not only uh, provide content and promote the stream, but we have to also stock the cards. Like we have to have the inventory. So we're going to continue to probably do our whatnot disruption of singles only on whatnot. I would say once a quarter, but the reason we're not going to do the reason we don't have any immediate plans to do it any more frequently than that is it, be, it, it takes a lot of manpower. Yeah. It takes like more resources than we have on our team to be able to do it more than that because you're not only creating the content, but you have to have the inventory and then you have to ship out all the cards and, and like not take three weeks to get back to the messages. <laughs> so, but I like it. I would like to do more. If we had more resources, we would probably do more. Paul, you touched base earlier in the show on Rose Zhang. Probably saying that one wrong too, but Card Snatcher. Zhang Zhang. Sending... Zhang. Apologies. Rose Zhang, SI for kids, uh, is sending them back to Card Snatcher, ungraded, saying it doesn't meet the minimum size requirement. I think you touched on this a minute earlier, uh, but I saw you left it in here. Did you want to elaborate here? Yes, please. Thank you. I hate PSA for this. I think this is the dumbest thing ever because they're all the same size. And all we're doing is, is tearing them out of the sheets and sending them to you, PSA. So why are you telling us that some of them don't meet the minimum requirements and others do when you all full well know that they're torn out of the same perforated sheet? It's, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. So I, I spoke about it earlier, Card Snatcher. I hate that this happened to you. It's happened to me. This is the first time I've talked about it on the show because it didn't really happen to a significant card. It happened to like a... BS card that I threw into the submission really honestly just to just to meet the minimum submission so it kind of actually served the purpose but anyway I think that what you need to do here moving forward and I just did it with my Jean card is I, I put a sticky note on the outside of it and a note in the PSA submission notes page asking them to please slab it authentic even if it even if it doesn't meet the minimum size requirement and if they won't do it then I'm just going to send it to SGC because I know that SGC will do it yeah, Doesn't I mean, like this one is so small, Paul. This is one you gave me one time, and it's yep. a it's a uh, Alyssa Thompson, but it's a four miscut. I mean, that this one it, it doesn't look like it in the video, but like look how much margin is in the top and bottom. There's no way this one isn't the right size, but they slabbed this one. And I I had a Lewis Hamilton uh, SG or Sports Illustrated for Kids card from a long time ago. Looks awesome, and they wouldn't grade that one. Yeah. So Exactly. So my point is like, There's you know, no PSA, PSA, you know that we're not altering these cards because you can see the perforation around it. Like all we did was tear it out of the sheet. Like, you know that. So why are you not grading all of them? Or and at why least are you give grading us the Bedard stickers that are that big and you're right. not going to grade and you're not going to grade the 
right? Sorry, Lefty, go ahead. I mean, at least give us specifics so we can pre-measure them. Right. Like, I, I don't want to do... I want to grade some of my Sports Illustrated for Kids cards that I have from when I was younger because, I mean, we haven't talked about this in a while, but I have a pretty cool vintage Sports Illustrated for Kids collection that I had when I was little. But I don't want to send them in if they're all like... Is 50% of them are going to come back graded or less. Yep, exactly. So, Connor, I'm going to take us home here. Great job. I see a few. Uh, there's a few that I have from Instagram that I just want to give quick love to. So, at Sports Card Strategy on Instagram, Janelle Shu asked earlier, Chad, did you add five random cards to those 15 Wemby's for PSA? The answer there is yes. I think that's that's what that's what we're doing. I, for, for context, I added my five Arch Mannings to it. So there you go, perfect. Um, sometimes I'm throwing in these to make a submission happen just to get the submission in so that I can get the cards back. For those of you listening, it was my stupid on it 2023 NIL trading cards, courtesy of Chad Gill, who casts a very wide net. You need to be very careful with what, uh, with what you, uh, what you decide to buy from Chad's recommendations. Just kidding. Chad's awesome. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is from uh, champagne Kike on uh, YouTube. Um, he was commenting on Chad and Connor's awesome show last Wednesday. I know you guys recommend finding a seller who lists mostly or all raw cards, but what is your opinion on buying raw cards on consignment? Um, Lefty, do you have an opinion on this? Have you ever bought raw cards from a consigner on eBay? Yeah, if I buy raw cards, it's uh, Bowman Chrome Autos that will sell raw again. So like... Like I buy Bowman Chrome autos. All of my Jackson holidays have been raw transactions. And most of the time I'm buying them from people knowing that they're probably not gym mint tens when they're coming to me. And so what I do is like, we talk about grading a lot, but I have, I mean, this is my like investable Bowman Chrome auto pile. And there's like probably 30 autos here and none of them are graded. And these are anything from Jace Young, Roman Anthony, uh, you know, Xavier Isaac, Shohei, all sorts of stuff. So I don't grade everything, which means I'm buying raw sometimes knowing that it's not going to go into PSA. Great stuff. Hopefully that helps Champagne Kike. We appreciate the YouTube comments. If you guys are hearing this, or watching this after the live chat, drop us a comment below, click the like button, subscribe to the channel. Joshua Slavit on Instagram has a couple good questions. Appreciate Joshua. Is it possible in the next couple of shows to talk about which players have the most markers coming up? Some that come to mind, Otani, JJ McCarthy, Bo Nix, Chet Holmgren, James Woods. Thank you. Um, absolutely. We can dive more into that in future shows. Connor, do you mind putting that into the show notes for next week. We can, we can make that a topic of discussion. Thanks Joshua for that. Um, I feel like we've hit on some of these guys today and recently, but we'll dive further into it. Joshua Slavit also says I'm hearing people buying, selling on Facebook. Curious to know if fees and transaction security work similar to eBay. I'll address this real quick. I think my transactions on Facebook, even if it's directly through Facebook marketplace and not through the uh, Facebook groups, it's always typically with like eBay, um, goods and serve or PayPal goods and services, PayPal goods and services is what I would recommend for that. Um, unless you know, unless it's like lefty McKee transacting directly with Paul Hickey, 
I trust Lefty McKee. Like I'm not going to make him pay the the PayPal goods and services. Like I know friends and family, baby, but don't let somebody try to talk you into friends and family. That's dangerous. I would say, nope, I'm sorry. Like just goods and services. I would rather have you guys pay if the seller's being weird about it on Facebook. I would rather have you guys say, look, I'll pay for the goods and services fee um, because what it does is it protects you like eBay. PayPal will uh, ensure that you get your money back the same way that eBay does. So that's actually, I think really the only reason why Facebook groups work so well is because of the the PayPal goods and services. And I think people know that. Um, so I would highly recommend doing that. It's scary when you pay somebody 200 or 300 bucks for a lot of cards and it's friends and family and you're trusting them. Like you're, I think you're, I'm immediately scared. <laughs> so I would do PayPal friends and family or rest Boyko on Instagram. Again, these are DMS at sports card strategy on Instagram. So if you want to get in there, do it. Um, sports card professor seven is his, uh, his alias. Um, just want to give him a shout out because he's constantly giving me, feeding me good information for the audience. There's a top an SGC 2022, 2023 Bowman special right now, $9 grading, all Bowman trading cards. So this includes baseball. This includes Bowman, U, Chrome, basketball, and football, which is cool. So you're probably going to see a lot of like Shadur Sanders, um, Drake May, Marvin Harrison Jr., those guys, you're probably going to see a lot of them in an SGC slab for this reason. Great way to pre-grade your cards if you before you want to send them into PSA or great way to be first to the market. Nine bucks. Thanks, Orest Boyko, sports card professor. We appreciate you. He's also got some great information on the whatnot. A lot of you asked about the whatnot card show that happened over this past week. He's got some great information. Um, we're already at almost three hours on today's show, so I'm going to hit that later. Playmaker 88X. This is going to be how we bring it home today on Instagram. This is a reference to Michael Irvin, everybody. When investing flipping cards with the dual cost hit of ridiculous fees on eBay, now having to pay 7% tax when you buy and subtract 15% fees when you sell. If you hit buy it now on a 250 popular PSA 10 card of a solid player and after tax and shipping, your total out-of-pocket is, say, $272. With fees taken into account, you'd have to sell that. If you sold that card at $320, that's basically what you'd have to sell it for to break even. So basically, he's saying, they're saying, you'd have to sell the card for $70 more than your original buy-it-now purchase price. So it seems that unless your card goes up 3 to 4x in market value, you have a hard time flipping selling for any type of profit. Seems like a steep uphill battle. Am I missing something? Lefty, to me, honestly, you want to know what I thought of when, when I read this question? And I know it's a long question, but what I thought of is uh, basically like you and I in our first two years. Mm -hmm. like, like basically, that's exactly, I think, what the reason why our content is the way that it is now and the reason why I am so strict on my guidelines and strategies and plays is to prevent you guys from just breaking even when it should have been a profit. But Lefty, what's your take on this? Yeah, I think this is the really, this is the critical downside of eBay. Um, that's why, like, I, I was not recommending, hey, let's sell Max Verstappen right now, even though he's 5 or $10 higher, because with taxes and fees and everything, you're going to take an L if you sell right now, unless you're selling in person. And none of us are doing that. I mean, very few of us are doing that um 
And so we've got to make in, like incredible margin plays to, to do the 15, 20% like eBay tax, but eBay is the, the most expensive, but best tool we have. Let's just put it that way. Like we're not getting eyeballs on our stuff unless we're using eBay. Unless you are selling in a really popular discord channel or a really popular Facebook group. And there's, there's a lot, there's a very less, there's a lot less risk with eBay than there is other areas. And so you kind of have to pay the piper in this scenario. That's right. And I'm okay with the eBay fees and I build them into all of my plays because of efficiency. That's actually been a theme of today's episode from my standpoint is efficiency. Like you can, I can sit at home all day, never leave. That's not what I want to do. I want to go to card shows. Like I love going to card shows and I love participating in Facebook groups and discord. And, and like, I, I love that. I wish I had more time for that. I'm trying to make it so that I do have more time for that. But in the meantime, when I don't, that's where eBay comes in as kind of the solution is because I can at scale make moves and, and grow the card flipping side of the business for me. So it, it is, it is worth paying the piper. I think in my opinion, to lefty's point guys, do you have anything, any closing thoughts, either of you for today's show before we sign off? So I've been waiting on this because it has nothing to do with cards, but it has a lot to do with Paul Hickey. So the Detroit lions are playing very, very well. And they have not done this good. I saw this as a tweet. They have not done this good in so long that restaurants were not, were for, uh, like, were not, okay, how do I say this politically correct? Uh, not everybody could go to restaurants the last time that the Lions were this good. Mm -hmm. that, yeah, the restaurants were too crowded? Because no. the city's too nuts? City is nuts. It's nuts. It's been a Connor, long. Help, help me here, Carter. All the points uh, are all the points are taken. Like it's it's been a long. It's been way too long, right? That's the point. Been way too long. We've never had it. We've never had it. We're a fan base. Restaurants were segregated last time. The Lions were this good. There you go. Just come out and say that next time. I, right? I couldn't think of the word. All right. Anyway, yes, that is true. That is crazy, isn't it? Insane. Yep. Connor, any parting shots for today's show? Yeah, shout out to the audience, man. We just ran for almost three hours and didn't lose any numbers the entire time. You guys had fantastic questions. We, The support is awesome. I love getting to talk with everybody and moderate those comments and be in there and be active. Hopefully, you guys got a lot of value from that extended audience Q&A. And uh, be ready for the deep dives coming Wednesday. And that's all I got. Good show. That's right. Be like Jason Costello, Cardboard Haven on Instagram and DM me something like this. Hey, I listen to your podcast all the time at work here from Canada. Best podcast out there by far. Thank you, Jason Costello. Thank you to everybody out there in the audience. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll see you next week. And uh, don't forget to check out the amazing Wednesday deep dive coming up with Connor and Lefty in about 48 hours.
Thank you all for watching and listening to the Sports Card Strategy Show. I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. Don't forget to get your free 30-day trial at NoOffSeason.com today, and you can get great information to help you build your sports card investment portfolio, as well as take classes at Sports Card School, SportsCardSchool.com. Don't forget to text sports cards to 1-833-992-5727 to get your sell alerts and your buy alerts. Also, we would love it if you leave us a positive review on Apple or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And please subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. Thanks for being part of the NoOffSeason.com family. Have a great day.